Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. This week we're recapping S6E15, Do Not Disturb. Written by Brian Holdman, directed by Melly Mayron. Um, a couple old standbys for PLL. Yeah, she's, you know, done several episodes, obviously. Uh, has, her last one was season five's Pretty Isn't the Point, which was the one where Hannah dances. Oh, was it? Was that the yeah. dancing one? That was the dancing one. Oh, man. <laughs> what a wonderful episode. <laughs> uh, I was, I just couldn't help. I don't know. My mind kind of flashed back to that during Hannah's scenes in this episode, completely forgetting that that was a Melanie Mayron episode. I don't know why. Um, so yeah, you ready? Well, do you have any follow up? I don't think so. Um, just a couple things we got on our website page. Blue Bottle Coffee. It's apparently not just a New York thing. It's in like the Bay Area. It's unclear where it started. I could have researched that, but I didn't care to. Um, but I, it sounds like it may have not started in New York, but just migrated there. But I could see that being the kind of thing that somebody who wanted to be trendy would latch onto in New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I um, apologize. got a long email from Stephanie, who I think was one of the first people... Um, who's they have a bunch of the Bay Area ones, uh, mm-hmm. LA, one New York. Uh, it's authentic hip New Yorker stuff. She says it's damn good, but overpriced. Uh, I especially wanted to mention Stephanie because she wrote us a long email, but she wrote it. I want to say this email came in like an hour or two after the episode went up. Like mm. it's, it was quick. Uh, so thank you. Yeah. Um, also, we got a couple people mentioning that Amish cheese is apparently very good. Hmm. I don't know exactly what that means. Is it is better than like Napa Valley cheese? Is that I, out here in California? We're pretty snooty about that. I still prefer to do the burnt toast. Burnt toast. Oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Biscuit is the name of Hannah's imaginary friend yes. that we couldn't remember. Yes. The uh, the sworn protector of the light versus the uh, fiery darkness that is Pictunia. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And yeah, I think that's about it. You know, thanks to everybody who left us notes and messages on our website page and whatnot. I always appreciate it. So let's jump right in. Right. So we start in Ari's living room. It's presumably right after the last episode. It's night. We start a shot of her fireplace, which is crackling and roaring ablaze. It's dark as Arya comes into the seemingly empty. I don't know what this room is anymore. This living room living area. Room. Yeah, the great well, room. We also know that it's opposite from her house and the show first started. Anyway, mm-hmm. so immediately her phone is going off. What did your dad say from Spencer? And Arya reads it and types back a message. Just got here, Arya. And that whooshes off. And then she types flips really on fast. Light. Yeah. She flips on the light and oh shit, there's Byron just sitting on the couch <laughs> in the dark like a fucking psychopath. Like he's a Hastings or something. Yeah, like he's a, like he's a Hastings. So she flinches. And to make it worse, he nonchalantly just says, did I scare you? Did I scare you? And that like annoying Byron voice, yeah. Classic Byron. And so a totally normal thing to say. Arya's like, "Why are you sitting in the dark?" And like, I feel like on it, like how often does Liam come back to the apartment and there's Arya to surprise him sitting in the dark, having just gone through his phone. (laughs) (laughs) If she's gotten the chance to. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, if you guys haven't gotten a chance to watch that uh, Pretty Liars lie detector thing, I think like Variety did, or I don't know who did that. But, it's amazing. Yeah. They're pretty hard on Troy. <laughs> Do you think that you're smarter than everyone here? No, that's a lie. <laughs> well, the one with uh, Ashley Benson, it's like, are you enjoying yourself right now? Yeah. Lie. <laughs> Oh, anyway. I think I like Lucy Hell's most. I would absolutely go through his phone. I just haven't had the chance yet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Arya's like, why are you sitting in the dark? And Byron says, I uh, I have something to tell you. She's kind of sitting down cautiously, like, oh, you're about to reveal that you murdered someone? <laughs> he says, I, I guess you've been able to put things together enough to know that I've been hiding something from you. I have to confess that I've I've been seeing someone. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? Is it is it Ashley Marin? Is it Jenna thing? Is it Mer- Meredith? No, Ella walks in and she's just like, fucking seriously, you took this asshole back. Ser- but also, was this like rehearsed? Was Byron like, here's how we're gonna tell? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit in the dark for like 45 minutes. You wait in the corner. <laughs> so trust me, Arya likes that gothic bullshit. After I've made this effectively about myself. I've been seeing someone. I have to confess this. Then you, I don't know, meekly meander out just saying, I surrender. I've given up, Arya. <laughs> I've taken this asshole back. Yeah, Arya's like, wait, what? And Ella walks in and she's like, Mom, hey, how, how long have you known about this? And Ella sits down next to Byron and puts a little possessive arm around her and she mm-hmm. says, um, well, since he asked me. And then Arya looks down and she's, Ella's got a new rock on her finger. Is that really necessary when you're remarrying? I don't know. Like, I just expected Ella to then break down into tears and just do <laughs> open weeping. I mean, I feel like when you're remarrying, like, cut it out with the rings and the fanciness. You know, it's like you, you had your chance the first time. I mean, Zach's crimes were worse, I think, but still. Well, there's just the vibe of like, well. Byron's got all he can on the open market now. Might as well crawl back to Ella. Like, that's, I don't know. Well, that's, that's how I'm feeling it. We have a couple of scenes here, but I feel like once we get to them, I really want to crack open the egg and just get into, like, what we think Arya really thinks about this or doesn't think about this. Um. So, yeah, then Arya's phone goes off and she checks that there's the text from Hannah. What did your dad say? And so Arya ignores that. And she's just like, well, um, I like that she, um, like, they break this news, like, oh, shit, rock on your finger. And the first thing she does, check her phone. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Aria. And she's just like, um, wow. Uh, congratulations. And Ella's like, I'm so, so glad. I'm so glad we finally told you. Now we don't have to sneak around anymore. And is it is it possible that, much like Aria herself, much like they've done this before, they only work because they were sneaking around? I could see that, yeah. Maybe they need that little thrill. Maybe, you know, I mean, Arya likes that forbidden love thing, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe it runs in the family. Yeah. Well, I think the apple certainly does not fall mm-hmm. from the tree. Yeah. Arya's like, that's why I saw you at the Radley. And Pyron's like, oh, you saw me? Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, I, I did, yeah. I guess I just thought it was for some other reason. Like murder. Well, he he, he doesn't answer her question he just gets up walks over to the fire grabs the thing and starts like poking the fire and i know he's poking the rekindled fire that he has with ella 
I know it's five years forward, but seriously, if you were to throw like an unwholesome infatuation of a teenage girl in here, Byron is 150% a microcosm of the, of the Rosewood male right here. <laughs> it like, doesn't I help did... that he's got like the top button unbuttoned on his shirt. With like oh, no like, undershirt, and he's like showing off a little bit of neck there, a little well, he's bit of like, chest. He's been asked a straight, direct question, and instead he deflects and gets up, grabs a phallic object, and mm-hmm. pokes a metaphorical flame. Um, and so Ella's like, "With you being back in town, we needed some place to talk about when to tell you and Mike." And Byron keeps like poking that fire, and at first I was like, "Is talk a euphemism for sex?" But no, I think she's genuine. I think rather mm-hmm. than going to their homes or a coffee shop. They paid for a hotel room to have a conversation. Well, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Yeah, and she says, should we call him again to Byron? He says, no, let's just give him a chance to call us back first. And I was like, oh, it seems like he's never in his dorm room, dorm room anymore. I guess he's off being a teen wolf. And she turns to Arya and she's like, are you, you are okay with this, right? And Arya's like, yeah. And she like, she smiles and she hugs Ella and then like over Ella's shoulder, just throwing massive shade at Byron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's I, it, it's like she's, fire. she still thinks he's a murderer, I guess, at this point. Or a creep. Or just, she's like, she's come around to, my dad could, or my mom could do better. A lot better. Probably, but I feel like what we're supposed to get here is that, like, she still doesn't trust her dad because of the fucking nine iron situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which, uh, so really liars. Haven't you learned anything? Mike was a year younger than Arya, right? It's Two. questionable. Because I mean, might, he might have been a freshman and she was a junior. I don't know if they ever really established that. Well, like he would have to have been, because otherwise, I'm thinking like, wouldn't he be out of college by now? Unless uh, he's in a dorm for. Some well, this kind is Arya's fifth year out, so no, he he would he would be a senior in college theoretically. But I, I think he was actually, I think he's two years behind. That that makes a little more sense to me. Okay, so uh, fittingly, of course, Arya is the shusher this week, as it should be. The OG. She's back. The Slight, once in future still slightly shusher. off center. Yeah. It's great. Once in future, sure, sure. Uh, so after credits, we're in Lucas's loft. So next morning, there's a wine bottle on the floor. Jordan picks it up. He's there picking up bottles and glasses. He's stumbling around wearing like a, a button-up shirt that's open. And Hannah comes out of the bedroom, a little hungover seeming. And she's just like, ugh, you're making a lot of noise. And none of it sounds like an omelet. And he's like, go, we involved. We overslept. And uh, Hannah's wearing a, like, a... Uh... I don't know if this is this a normal dress or like a weird black lingerie nighty like this this episode has some interesting sleepwear. I don't know what we're supposed to make of this thing. Well, I I, I like that one of the writers of the show was just like I think this is a negligee. <laughs> it looks like it could be, but like based on that bathrobe she was wearing in the last episode, like she could just like oh. be wearing this in the next scene at the brew or something, and I feel like it'd be like yeah okay. I would not be shocked if she wore this like a job interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not making her eggs. You are no Caleb, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, so are they like Ubering back to New York City or something? Like the car will be here? That they just have like town car service? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean. How rich is Jordan? I'd I like to get a dollar could, amount. Could Jordan be the creep in the back of the car? Hmm. Well, it seems like a lot of people have like town cars. Like everybody's like Uber blacking it this season. <laughs> yeah. five years forward so we're Hannah black. says well maybe we shouldn't have or maybe we should have went to bed earlier wink wink nudge nudge what does Jordan say what hole is asleep oh you're actually asleep I cannot do his voice I, I need to hear it, it again. you gotta keep doing it I, guess, I gotta hear it because 
I was actually trying it it's earlier fine today. trust me I was doing something resembling an Austrian accent earlier today I, I have to hear it the sample anyway so she smiles at that her phone beeps well he says we can't stop so we're on the way for coffee <laughs> it sounded southern what can I say I can't do an Australian accent I mean I guess I could just do it as like foghorn leghorn I'll say I'll say I'll say <laughs> so she checks her new message and it says uh, I get that drive or you get broken heart emoji and then clock emoji is ticking and hannah's just like well fuck she's like well i guess my mom has been busy <laughs> um and hannah's just like um uh i might have to go up a little bit later uh i have to make some calls and he's like isn't claudia's cherry trunk shut at all i thought you said we were going back to that that's why i brought call down it's been bad again for the city i know i sound like a winding sook but i miss you and crikey. i huh i said crikey yeah, crikey. Um, I 100% had to go like look up whinging sook. Uh, thank you, Mental Floss article on Australian <laughs> slang that helped me. So he comes over and smiles, kisses her cheek. Uh, he walks past her. She feels bad. Well, let's just break this down a little bit. You know, he wants to spend more time with her. I think they really want us to think that Jordan is just like a, just a really nice, understanding guy. Uh, is this so that we feel bad for him because Hannah's like flaking? Like, what where do you think the the purpose is here? Possibly, but also I tend to think that we've lived all our lives with the with the opposite. So whenever you have a situation where it's just a decent guy, like mm-hmm. that may be more interesting, especially on a show like PLL, than to have him like he's he secretly a bastard. Yeah. yeah, he has a secret, you mm-hmm. know. Um well, I we've, guess already, we've already gone there with like Zach. It, it kinda reminds me of season one where like Hannah's not always the best person sometimes, and she especially wasn't in season one, and I wonder if maybe they're kind of like, you know, I mean, this this whole season's kind of like a lot of callbacks to season one. Maybe they're doing something similar there with Hannah, where she isn't really treating him too well, considering, you know, I don't right. know. We'll, we'll see where they go with that. And, but, you know, still, we're going to root for her because we're watching her torture herself along the way. Well, she's, we're rooting for her, even though it's like, yeah, she's not she's not being super great right now, but it's like, sorry, Jordan, we're, we're on well, his side. Representative like morality on TV is always fascinating because you could effect- effectively watch ten episodes of the season and be rooting for the time when Hannah finally <laughs> fucks this guy over for real, and like you could cheer it on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I just want to say, have you ever heard of a trunk show like outside of the PLL universe? Yeah, I have. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's not our kind of thing, but mm. anyway. So uh, he walks past goes. her. She feels bad. She has to double down on this lie. And she's like, I just have to be near a landline. You know, the cell service on the turnpike. I have uh, a lot of stuff to confirm, like her hair, her makeup, her nail tech, her masseuse, her trainer, her astrologer. She like pauses and like touches her lip as she's like looking upward for divine inspiration. She's just like, what am I forgetting? Oh, her therapist. Um, reasons that Jordan is clearly a psychopath. He puts on his jacket before finishing buttoning up his open shirt. Well, yeah, we should mention he's had his like shirt unbuttoned this whole time, just like showing off his shredded abs right now. It's it, like completely transparent. Like, I feel like this is just like, hey, you like this guy, right? Look at well, those like, abs. Is this like a, a covenant with like abs people where like your trainer's just like, listen, Jordan, you spent a year just working on these abs. 
promise me you will never button a shirt unless you absolutely. Oh, I mean, let's be real. If you had apps like that, you'd you'd wait till the last minute to button your shirt too. I I guess that would be like job interviews. I just mm-hmm. unbutton my shirt and be like, I don't know anything about. That. Like, I oh, yeah, I think I got a stain on my shirt. I think I need to take it <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> I keep pouring coffee all over myself. I should just take this thing off. Mm-hmm. Um. So Jordan's like, is it is it really well? All this grunt work. And Hannah's like. Johnny Wujek wasn't always styling Katy Perry. Everyone starts in the trenches. My trench is Claudia, which <laughs> that's that's not flattering. Uh, I'll work one year of her, five years as creative director, and then, hello, Katy. I'm going to do that in three. And she smiles, beaming with pride. And I, I realize that Johnny Wujek is a very specifically weird reference. Um, <laughs> Hannah's just like, I'm sorry if I keep changing things last minute. And he's like, I'll just see you tonight. And so Hannah like sits well, on her guy- He's going to be so understanding right up until he's not. Yeah. That's kind and of it, then, it. it seems it, like he's loaded, right? Yeah. Like, like she could be a trophy wife if she wanted to. Yeah. Well, good for her to, you know, want her own thing. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, it will seem like it's coming out of nowhere <laughs> when he, when he finally turns into like Mr. Hyde. Um, so she sits on her phone. She picks up his tie, brings it over to him from like, behind a couch cushion. Like yeah. That. Oh yeah. They, there was some like fuck Olympics in this place last night she he like lowers his head she like anoints him at the tie puts it on um they start kissing passionately like they're really going at it that's when emily lets herself in with a backpack like she's going to be staying uh and she brought her own pillow yeah yeah i love that emily's just like oh like she might as well have been bringing muffins like when she walked in on spencer and andrew right well she just like rolls her eyes and like loudly clears her throat like like do you mind do you fucking mind this is a hell of a Shay Mitchell episode, I have to say. I love Shay Mitchell in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she finally clears that her throat gets her attention. They stop and turn around. And Emily's just like, sorry, a little bit early. It's just that my mom was driving me nuts. And Hannah says to Jordan, sorry, girl stuff. Your car's probably here. He nods, picks up his bag. He says, I'll leave you two something then. Your secrets then. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, leave your secrets then. And Emily Awkward's just like, bye. <laughs> so he walks out. It's just Emily and Hannah. Um, Hashtag Hanley. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Spencer's barn, I, l- I hope every, as long as it lasts, I hope every spell of episode starts in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spencer's in bed. She's being handed a cup of coffee from Caleb that she seemingly inhales because she's going to need a refill in like five seconds. <laughs> yeah, she is. And she's just like, be careful. I could get used to this. And he sits beside her as they both sit up with their coffee. He's like, honestly, I just wanted to make sure you were fully awake. And she makes crazy sex eyes at him. Also, this bed is like a disaster area. Yeah, like half the pillows and blankets are on the floor. He's dressed. She is, as we'll get a look later, in a still in a nighty there. I have uh, some questions about this nighty when we get to see it fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, "For what?" And he said, "I, uh, I think we need to go to the cops with these new texts." <laughs> That's a reverse sploosh. Yeah, so she's kinda, like the cops. Ooh, she kind of blows the silly idea off, refers her coffee cup, and she's like, "Well, I'm awake." She sips that coffee, and he's like, "I mean." We really are back to square one of A. And she's like, mm-mm, checking her head. We don't know for sure that this is an A. They're just, like, willfully denying reality at this point. Yeah. Like, we don't want to acknowledge that, like, there might be a new A. So we're just pretending that that's not the case. She's like, yeah. I don't know. That trash can full of black hoodies, it felt like somebody was saying that all the rules were changed. <laughs> and all we know for sure is that this A isn't in Charlotte. They could be anybody, anywhere, hiding in plain sight as, like, the camera rack focuses to Caleb very suspiciously. And he's like, as in Sarah Harvey? And Spencer's like, you know, basically, yes. And I mean, 
Do you think that's her hiding behind all those evil emojis? <laughs> and Spencer says, I don't know. She can't really type that well. Maybe a picture is easier for her to send. She I says like... this with a completely straight face, although I feel like this is a joke. Maybe it's just a joke from the writer's perspective and not Spencer's. Yeah, I, I wonder like if Spencer's dryness has betrayed a frank discussion of how Sarah's handicap may affect her ability to be their new omnipotent cyber bully. Well, I feel like to sell it, Spencer needed to like laugh a little and like maybe grab Caleb's junk or something, you know? Let us know if he's playing around. Grab his junk. Like, honk, honk. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Uh, so Spencer says, I'm starving. Do we have anything? He's like, yeah. I got a little something. Just turn on the porn music. And he's like, you want a refill? So she sits up on her knees, hands him the mug. Because she drank the whole thing I, in like 30 I, uh, seconds. I took a screen cap of that moment. Mm -hmm. it, like, just as a frozen image, it looks way too sexual. <laughs> like, her up on her knees handing him the coffee. It's like a fucking, like, sexy Brangelina GQ photo shoot. Well, we get a look at, like, what she's wearing her now. This, like, crazy, like, sexy silk negligee thing. Mm -hmm. This looks like it's like something Psylocke would wear to bed. Uh, that or if, like... It was revealed in like a, a 6B finale twist that we've never actually seen five years forward Spencer. And this is a goddamn sexy Cylon. Like, this is this like something that the Black Queen of the Hellfire Club wears? It's like this crazy, weird. Whoa, like, whoa. This is not Arya. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like it's it's a weird like it's like in an X formation, like navy silk with like a super low cut back. Like, I don't know. It's. Like, did she pack this? Did well, she just have this? Is this Melissa's? It's like 85% backless. My question mm -hmm. is, is this her regular sleepwear? Or is this There's like no way extra special like sex leger that comes out when she's doing the base of two backs? This is her in it to win it with Caleb, I think. There's no way she wears this to bed normally. I, I don't know. Although now I'm just picturing Arya and her personal shopper mm -hmm. buying sleepwear. Arya! Don't you want something sexier when you go to bed? See, I don't think Arya would wear something like that. No. She's, it's, I mean, as we've established, Spencer's a nymphomaniac. <laughs> uh, but, like, did she did she bring this with her? Did she run out and get it? Is this just Melissa's and she stole it? Just ponder <laughs> that. Uh, so, yeah, she's uh, walking out to get a refill. After, after that single sip of coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she says, yes, please. And she's getting, like, I don't know, like a donut or something. Yeah, like some kind of pastry. Caleb must have ran out and like got some some pastry. Yeah, maybe so maybe a cronut. He's he got the two cops and he's like, "Hey, what about Ezra? Couldn't he clear this up? Hasn't anybody heard from him?" And you have no idea how badly I wanted Caleb to throw in a. By the way, fuck that guy. I feel like Spencer should be saying at this point, like, "Oh, fuck that guy. I don't know what he's doing." Yeah, she says, "My guess is he left town to avoid telling us what he knows." Stand up guy, that Ezra. Mm -hmm. Stand up guy. Yeah, and Caleb's like, I mean, I'm not even saying we need to build an airtight case. We could just go to Toby. Record scratch. <laughs> yeah, Spencer says no. Caleb, he's finally happy. He's moved on. I really don't want to throw this in his path. At least not until he has something more than a few snarky emojis from an unlisted no number and a photo of an alleged murder weapon. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's like, I guess you're right. I mean, we're talking about Arya's dad. You know, it's like if he did this, he did it to protect her. Why is everybody, like, so cool with murder as long as it's, like, altruistic motives or something? Like, oh, they're doing it to protect somebody. Oh, I want Spencer to be like, have you ever actually met Arya's dad? He's, like, possibly worse than Ezra. 
And Caleb's that like, doesn't seem possible. Yeah. Caleb's like, I spent three weeks with that guy. Three weeks. He always wanted me to sleep over. It was weird. Yeah. So uh, Spencer says, if we were to get this golf club, Sarah couldn't hold it over our heads. And then we could really go to the cops about her. It's like, I feel like Spencer's just moving goalposts in her mind to like keep playing this game. I think she wants it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's so flimsy. Like, oh, here's a picture of a golf club. Do my Davidian, you know? I swear this is the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. I'm not just fucking with you. Uh, so her watch beeps, because uh, Spencer apparently wore her Apple Watch to bed. So, I I find it interesting that Spencer has an Apple Watch. Is it really that interesting? She's rich. I, I, I think so. I, I, it makes a lot of sense. You're right. But I just, I remember a certain conversation during oh. Sensei. <laughs> About yeah. the Apple Watch. Do you remember the potential slogan for the Apple Watch? Watch out. Yeah. That was that was Troyan's suggestion for what the, the motto should be or the slogan should be. But Spencer wants to keep track of her cardio. I mean, do you yeah. think she turns on the workout app before sex? I absolutely think that she probably has like a whole eventual like PowerPoint chart where she tracks <laughs> the, the waves like, and crescendos. She's like, oh, hold on a sec, Caleb. I'm trying to film a green circle. And he's just like, oh. Freezing. <laughs> I feel like there's just a whole like peak performance, like estrus chart that Spencer's <laughs> been working on for a while. Um, so she reassures him because he's obviously a little freaked out as he would be in this world. He's she's like it's it's a calendar alert. She's reading. Like, I have lunch with Gil. I really don't remember scheduling that. Oh my god, this election is just totally eating at my brain. So she's like scrolling through whatever on her watch. Well, he's just like munching on a blueberry, just like admiring her. Yeah, yeah, as he would. Uh, he's like appraising this moment. He starts to come around the island toward her, and she's just like, oh, my God, I have endless emails. And then I have that strategy session this afternoon, and I have to make these campaign calls. So he comes up behind her, starts like gently moving some of her hair aside, and he's like, yeah, I've been pretty distracted the last few days, too. And it doesn't take much, but Spencer's like sex blinker is a flashing now. <laughs> and she's like... Spencer what? starts the workout under other on her Apple Watch. Yeah, her, her tail is wagging. Mm-hmm. She's like... I might be slightly distracted. This pleases Kaylee. Starts like kissing her shoulder. Mm. Well, she, she takes, like very sensually bites down on a blueberry. <laughs> yeah, she takes a takes a bite of the blueberry, and he's like, "Is this distracting you?" She's a little fun of him, and she's like, mm, "No, you know, I could probably just get a few emails done if you want to continue." This so is he, getting so porny. <laughs> he plays bounce, you go bounce, bounce. So he plays along, keeps kissing her neck, then like lets her like fall she her head falls back as like the passion consumes her then like their mouths find each other and he's like yeah how about this and she's like that's slightly more distracting turns to face him as they keep kissing and then she like lifts him up on the island counter <laughs> swipes off everything on it the uh the tea kettle starts whistling because this shit is getting steamy basically. Well, and then and then we cut to the train entering the goddamn mountain <laughs> um which I can just picture, like, Brian Holman, like, he finishes typing the scene description on his laptop, he gets up, he stretches, he goes over to the open window, looks outside, sips his coffee, and then calmly screams, well, that was hot as fuck! <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna go to the loft, Hannah's making some tea for her and Emily, and she says, so what'd you tell Pam? Fitting that the banshee whale of the teapot <laughs> would carry over that scene of Spalem. Yeah, what'd you tell Pam? And Emily says, uh, you know, you can never call my mom that to her face, right? I told her we were narrowing down bridesmaids' dresses, even though you haven't asked us yet. I mean, you're going to ask us, right? I I love how delightfully Laverne and Shirley these two are in this scene, even though Hannah is dressed like an upscale Peg Bundy. 
fishy. Yeah. It's just like jeans, heels, and a red shirt. I don't know. Yeah. Probably maybe one of Jordan shirts. Um. So who do you think would be Hannah's bride or uh, not bridesmaid? Um, maid of honor. Well, it's not Spencer. It's not Spencer. It's definitely not <laughs> Spencer. I'm not sure between Hannah or, or I'm not sorry. Not sure between uh, Arya and Emily though. I feel like it's gonna be Emily. I feel like Arya, think? but Arya Arya's sneaky like that. Here's my feeling. Sweet scene, much like when when Hannah finally asks Emily if she's sick, what's up with the needles. Mm-hmm. Sweet scene where she asks her to be her bridesmaid. You know, tells her, okay, we're going to do the, the dress shopping here. We're going to do this. And then so Emily shows up for all these things. And then, like, for some reason, Arya shows up too, <laughs> thinking that she's, like, even though it's not been asked, just thinking that she's the bride or the, the maid of honor and, like, constantly asking Hannah, like, can you believe Emily's just tagging along? What a jerk. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Hannah says, you have a lot more to worry about than that. You need me to drive you? And Emily says, no, it's okay. The clinic has a service. They just want to make sure there's someone to help me get settled in after in the bed after. I mean, I should be fine in a day or so. And Hannah brings over the tea and sits down. And she says, well, I'll mash up your jello just the way you like it. Hey-o! <laughs> and Emily is just kind of like chewing on her lip. And Emily, Hannah says, Em, you seem nervous. Hey, these are your eggs. You can change your mind. Oh, my God. The Shea Mitchell, like, Hand and face acting. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and he says that's not it. I'm just I'm weirded out by that text. And Hannah says from Arya. Okay, this may sound crazy, cynical, but if Byron and Ella do get remarried, doesn't that mean she wouldn't have to testify against him? I mean, I'm not saying that Byron's guilty. And Emily says, did I miss a memo that says we call people's parents by their first names now? Well, oh, she's that. got she's got her hands all over it, like like aimed at like Hannah, like doing crazy shrugs. It's so like LOL worthy. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Hannah's like, it's just like Downton Abbey. Bates goes on trial. And I'm like, don't cut her off, Emily. I want to hear Hannah mm-hmm. talk about Downton Abbey or any TV show. Um, but Do you Emily's think that's like, like Jordan's favorite show? <sighs> wow, way to ruin Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Emily cuts her off and she's just like, Hannah, I'm talking about that text from Allie. Didn't you? And Hannah's like, no. And Emily's like, well, she's back. And of course, she reaches out to me alone and just assumes that I'll come and hear her out. I'm not doing it. I mean, I can't. Keeping the secret from my mom has been hard enough. And yesterday, I took this gigantic shot, and I feel like I've had three too many macchiatas. I mean, why does she do this? Why does she always come to me first and just expect that? And, and it's just like, okay, are you going to breathe or just keep talking to you? Pass out, Arya. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, sorry, it's a hormones. So we didn't see a text, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, and he says, sorry, it's just the hormones. It's gotta bug her that, like, her and Allie, they still have a little bit of unresolved sexual tension. And it's just kind of lingering there. And it's never, ever since Allie got out of jail, they've they've never really had a chance to, like, do anything (laughs) with that. I just love that it involves that sentence. Mm -hmm. You know, ever since I got out of jail, (laughs) the timing has just been wrong between us. (laughs) Um,. So Hannah's like, just tell her you're busy. And Emily's like, oh, I don't know why. I didn't think of that. Shrug. Hormones. Uh, so there's a cell phone, like, like beeping sound. Hannah, like, starts putting on a headset. And she's like, okay, well, you can, you can keep them check for 10 minutes. This is work. She answers, like, a face chat call on her tablet there. Hannah's just like, morning, Claudia. And there's, like, Amy Yazbek in the craziest role ever. Um, I'm out of gum. 
Claudia is the worst. Kind of an older redhead with like a weird kind of like boring haircut. She's getting her nails done by somebody off camera. Yeah, she's like, Charity's so stressful. You know I like to chew when I'm stressed. She's like, get her nails done. She chats. I mean, just look at Amy Asbeck's IMDb. Like, she's done everything since the mid-1980s. Um, Hannah's like, yeah, I put a whole case in your desk. Uh, peppermint, not wintergreen. Claudia kind of like wags her fingers at Hannah like, wet nails, I'll smudge. Well, you get the impression that Claudia needs somebody else to wipe her own ass. Yeah, 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 seriously. Uh, Hannah's like, ask your manicurist to look in the bottom left drawer. Do you need anything else? And Claudia's like, yes. Um... Call Wilhelmina because I want to switch out all the models for tonight. Tell them I want Asians. Only Asians. Very into Asians. They're incredibly chic. She's so awful. She's so awful that you almost don't mind hearing Ezra's voice on a voicemail as we cut to the next scene. Just imagine Ezra saying all the same things. Aria, I am very into Asians. Only Asians. Ugh. Yeah, Ezra, we're hearing his answering machine as Arya's pacing on the phone. He says, this is Ezra. Leave a message. And then the robot says, voice mailbox full. Who the hell is leaving Ezra messages? Hardy? I, like, I, I think it was Sarah on Twitter who was like, those messages are all from Arya, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm fascinated by the... Pulling like a John Favreau and Swingers? Yeah. I'm fascinated by the different things they... No, it's just Arya checking in every hour. Okay. Um, I'm just fascinated by the difference that they find for like their sole female voice actress to do <laughs> this time playing like the robot answering machine. Uh, so Ella comes in walking behind Aria, like standing in her doorway. Um, Aria is wearing like a crazy colorful mandala shirt or something. Like, like I feel like future Aria just stole a bunch of canvases off like an abstract art museum wall. And that's well, where she, her clothes come from this season. She has some fairly normal kind of like high waisted crimson pants on, but then yeah, just this weird loud like red and blue pattern shirt thing it's just like un unmistakable you know yeah yeah it's like yeah. a nebula going supernova and ella's just like did i interrupt and i was like oh it's it's nothing what's up and i was like we sprang some pretty big news in you last night and i got the sense that maybe you're not as happy as we are well, and this is this is a fun scene to watch how similar these two mannerisms are yeah yeah and i was like i i just did not see it coming at all. <laughs> Ella says, I know your surprise face. It's very different than your concerned face, which is just you narrowing your eyes and glaring death and destruction. Yeah. And she says, if you have concerns, I wish you'd share them. And Ari says, I guess it was just all the sneaking around. I, I just had it in my head that something else was going on. Well, poor Ella is just like, what the fuck is Ari even talking about? And why does every conversation of her have to be like this? Oh, from Elle's side of this conversation, it's like, what the fuck? Well, do you remember in high school when Arya threatened her parents? Like, yes, black, I do. Trying to blackmail them? Yes, I do. And it was wonderful. Elle says, like, what? And Ari says, well, I've been kind of thinking all sorts of things since Charlotte was killed. And Elle's like, I guess we haven't really talked about that a lot. Did your father and I give you too much space? And she kind of smirks and she's like, maybe. Like, she's totally the kind of person that would give her give her parents shit for either giving her too much or too little space. Well, she says, <laughs> I didn't even see you guys at the hearing. And it's like, Arya is not just a spiritual gangster. She's also an emotionally manipulative one, too. Ella <laughs> <laughs> says, to be honest, neither one of us would have stood in support of her release. We didn't want our opinion to influence your statement. You needed to tell the truth. And Arya says, what about later that night? And Ella says, we assumed you wanted to process things with your friends, so... And Ari's like, what? 
And Ella says, look, Arya, this show has a budget. We can only have so many parents around at once. You know? She says, uh, we, we took advantage of the fact that you were with your friends and your father was at my apartment. And Arya's like, wait, you two were, you were together the whole night? And Ella's like, fuck me, you are so weird. <laughs> She's like, I'm not the kind of mom who wants to share those details. I checked in with you the next day. What are you asking me? <laughs> and like a million expressions cross over Arya's face. There's some confusion. There's some weird delight. There's relief. She says, forget it. I, I, I'm just realizing that this is a good thing. It, it's really, really a good thing. And Hell's just like, okay, now you're creeping me out even more. Yeah. She's like, I don't know why I even talked to you. Well, at no point do I see anything resembling Arya being happy that her parents are together just because they're together. Like, she starts this whole conversation on one end of the weird spectrum, and by the end of the scene, she manages to find her way to the other end, and poor Ella is, like, dragged. I, at what point does Ella be like, I wish the rally was still a sanitarium so I could check myself in to get the hell away from my family? Well, in Arya's defense here, her parents didn't officially split up to, like, her senior year, basically. Mm -hmm. And she spent her whole senior year being, like, terrorized and tortured and kidnapped by a she didn't really have a lot of time to ponder that and then she went out to college and she wasn't really around her parents so <laughs> it probably hasn't totally felt like it was a, a real split mm -hmm. you know like it just it wasn't like it's not like they got divorced and she was 12 or something uh so yeah it, she probably never really fully processed it or at least was old enough that it didn't make much of a difference and now it's like oh yeah well this is just convenient basically well also, there's the fact that during all of that cyber-terrorism, Arya was basically fucking an analog for her father. Her dad's new girlfriend... <laughs> what are you talking about? Essentially broke up the marriage, tried to murder her and her friends. Her mom's new guy... Uh, first of all, it was Pastor Ted. Then her second new guy hit on her friend, who may or may not be her imaginary self. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere on top of that, her oh, dad... Oh, doesn't that make it way creepier? I never thought of that before. And somewhere in there, her dad reblocked his fedora. <laughs> um, so quick interlude while we, while we took a bathroom break there and I scanned Twitter. Uh, just a couple of quick things that I've, I've noticed that are PLL related. One, Sasha Pieterse is opening a yogurt shop. Like a Froyo? Yeah, there's no joke there. Like some okay. kind of fancy yogurt shop. Two, Keegan Allen's tweeting about loneliness. So, you know, business yeah. is huge. Uh, three, I happened to, because Twitter suggested Kara Royster, who plays Yvonne, I happened to click over to her, her tweets. And one of them is, Hannah and Ashley are the best duo. What's their ship name? <laughs> and I was like, ew, that's their ship name. <laughs> anyway. Um, Brule, that's the name of the yogurt place. Speaking of which, we're at the Marin house. Uh, we see Ashley coming down the stairs, down the hallway to the kitchen. Uh, this house is all natural lighting, which is just bouncing off the sexy contours of uh, Ashley Marin here. Ashley Marin looking like a million bucks. Yeah. Look like a million, hundred million bucks. Um, she comes to the Looking kitchen. like a million lasagna boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she finds Hannah there in the dark at the island saying, do I scare you? No, she, uh, she's just sitting there in the natural light, sipping a cup of coffee that she brought over somehow or brought with her. She picked up somewhere. I feel like that's point, uh, poignant because we talked about the... The delicate balance of the domestic bliss that is the Marin kitchen. Yeah, yeah. She didn't make her coffee there. She brought it with her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now she's like, oh, hi. I didn't know you were coming by. Hannah is in full-on gotcha mode. And she's just like, if I ask you a question, are you going to promise not to lie to me? <laughs> she's and just like, you wouldn't know. 
<laughs> well, it's like, you know, PLL is a show that doesn't ever get the credit it deserves. You know, we talk about like the Gilmore Girls now because they're coming back. Like they would never have the balls to start a conversation that way. <laughs> and that's like every other conversation on PLL. Oh, and Ashley and Hannah are just the best. Like of all the mom duos, these two are so much fun. Yeah, yeah. So Ashley's just like, Hannah, I'm running late. So Ashley goes to the fridge, gets some milk. And Hannah's like, why'd you do it, mom? Well, Ashley's like trying to like prepare her coffee and like look at and make eye contact with Hannah as little as possible right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ashley says, I don't know what you're talking about. And Hannah says, yes, you do. The exact drive, the exact footage of the hotel the night Charlotte was murdered. It's now missing. I don't buy it. And Ashley says, from what I understand, the police are still looking for it. And Hannah says, are you really going to make me accuse you? And Ashley's like, I'd prefer you didn't, especially when it had nothing to do with it. And it's like, so the fact that it went missing the day I told you what I did, that's just a coincidence? And she's like, I suppose it is. <laughs> so the two of them just stare at each other for a moment. Mm-hmm. And I wish this was scene was like 30 seconds longer. And it's great because it's not only like they're getting a read on each other, but it's like Ashley is offering herself up like as act of defiance. Like, go ahead. Try to see if I'm lying. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's right. You got nothing. I own you. I'm your mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Ashley says, Hannah, the police haven't come knocking with a warrant. The only person who suspects that backup drive is in this house is you. And Hannah's like, Mom, just tell me where it is. I'll get rid of it. And she says, Hannah, the drive is gone. And Hannah's oh, like, gone? Did you? And Ashley says, just be grateful your mistake has been erased. Don't think about this. Think about wedding cakes and flowers. And Hannah's just like, fine, I'll bring it up again. She kind of storms off in a huff. She's thinking about the frat parties where she could bury that drive. Yeah. I don't know why Hannah's so mad about this. Like, Ashley has her shit on lockdown. Yeah. Like, well, she's she's looking out for you. Don't worry about it. Her poker face is not only, like, confident, it is sexy. She's uh, like, it's um, buried um, the um, same place I that... buried that uh, that architect, that fake architect. That's where it is. <laughs> With his pen. With his not-so-fancy pen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then uh, Hannah gets up. She kind of Susan Lucy cold, you know, like, I find I won't bring you in. She, like, marches out the front door. As she puts away the milk, she starts to walk towards the door. We pause on this, like, shot of her, like, in the hallway, like, door in the background, looking smaller, reflected in the mirror. She pauses back, like, looks towards the kitchen as if she's considering something, worried about something, whatever on her mind. Then we watch her move out, head out the front door, shutting it behind her. We hear the door lock. We hear the beep beep, the lock of the car. We hear the car engine start. Kind of hold on this single take as we pull back to those rear doors in the kitchen. And, oh, yeah. There's Hannah letting herself back in the house. <laughs> Double back on her. Yeah. So after commercial, Hannah and Arya are just ransacking the Marin well, household. Hannah's called up everyone's favorite. Let's fuck some shit up. Ride or die, bitch. Arya Montgomery. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got Arya like going through the rice. <laughs> Hannah's getting out all the cereal boxes. Arya's like checking the fridge. I mean, they're just turning this whole place upside down. She picks up the tiny jar of clear, like clear jar of <laughs> salsa. And looks up under it like, could you be Maybe the hard drive's in there. <laughs> Anna gets a wooden spoon out and goes through like the box of Super Brand. Well, she's just like crushing cereal with that thing. <laughs> I just... Uh, I, I feel like you would just be able to pick up a box and like shake it and know whether or not there's like a heavy hard drive in there. <laughs> I've seen a couple people on Twitter and Instagram be like, Ashley lives alone. This is a lot of food. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, there's Super Brand, there's Cocoa Spheres, there's Soy Flakes, and, and some other kind of granola happening thing there. Uh, that That's a lot of cereal. That's a lot of but, grain. But it seems like in the time it took Hannah to search literally every product in that kitchen, 
That's how long it took Ari to check one shelf of the refrigerator. <laughs> Maybe Ashley's hiding like Noel Khan somewhere. Like he's living there now. I want it to be like he's uh, he's hiding in the house right now. Like mm-hmm. when Tobias had to break into Julie Louis Dreyfus's house in Arrested Development. Yes, yes. <laughs> like a cat. Yeah. So uh, we we see her going through the lasagna box. I love that callback. Yes. Classic. Uh, they're just like dumping cereal out like oh maybe i missed it somewhere like I mean, they're just <laughs> trashing this place and uh finally the, you know kind of musical montage stops and they walk back into the kitchen there's pasta everywhere it's like a, just a disaster well, it's like presumably they at some point checked a single other room i mean i know <laughs> this is the only set for hannah's house still yeah and all right it says who knew your mother had that whole stash of sample products it's like she's hoarding moisturizer, which definitely seems like an Ashley Marin thing to do. Mm. And Hannah says, yet another thing she's good at hiding. Pot, meat kettle. Yeah. <laughs> like the good bath salts. Uh, so they walk back into the kitchen. It's a disaster. And Hannah says, okay, did I just let Sarah Harvey trick me into trashing every room in my mother's house? Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you just let who you think is Sarah Harvey. You don't even know that for sure. Well, there's also some sugar-free Red Bulls. There's like two. Oh, yeah. Which I just don't see Ashley slamming those. I don't know. Oh, those are Noel Collins. <laughs> He's like in a closet right now, naked, holding like a pillow over his junk. <laughs> Is that... Uh, so Ashley left. So that would be part of like, what, like some kind of like kinky sex game? Sure. Yeah. She's like, if you're a good boy, I'll leave you a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So uh, Hannah says... Oh, we also get a, a slight glimpse of the booze cabinet there. There's one bottle of red and one bottle of vodka. Oh, yeah. No scotch. Um. So, yeah, uh, Arya, Arya absolves herself, and she's like, what if your mom's telling the truth? What if she actually just dis- dis- destroyed that drive? Well, why Hannah's wouldn't she? Like, Fuck you, Arya. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you hang on to the drive? What could you possibly gain from that? Seriously, I think I think Ashley learned from those shoes during the mm-hmm. Wilden fiasco. Yeah. So Hannah says Sarah wouldn't have asked for it unless she really thought it was here, assuming quite a bit. Uh, she says, and if I don't hand it over, she's gonna crash my wedding. Like, and do what exactly? <laughs> I'll take off these gloves. Um, okay. but Arya, she needs the same clarification that she needed last week, and she's like, wait, we really think this is Sarah Harvey sending this text? And Hannah's like, well, who else would it be? And Arya's like, Lucas. <laughs> Arya's like, well, if she leaves the hotel to pick up the drive, I can get in there and I can grab that golf club before she takes a swing at one of us. And Hannah's like, we don't have the drive. And Arya's like, but she thinks we have the drive. So we give it to her. And Hannah makes a concerned Hannah face. And Arya makes like a, I am so pleased with myself face. Um, at any point, they could just text this new way back and be like, I don't have the fucking drive. They solve your own damn mystery. Fuck off. Yeah, just change their numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, things must be pretty bad in her estimation now that the Shusher has decided to captain the ship again. Mm-hmm. Especially at the energy of her vindicated father. Um, so Lucas is loft. Emily is like setting, like letting Dr. Rollins in. And she's uh, just like, Dr. Rollins? And he's like, Elliot, please. I apologize for the intrusion. Um, I was hoping we could, uh, and she's like, she sent you, didn't she? Allison? And he's like, you didn't answer her messages. And he's like, uh, uh, wearing like a sleeveless shirt, like a kind of fancy stylized skull on it. Well, did you notice he, he does the, the Rosewood mail thing where he just walks in when oh, she opens the door? 
Oh, yeah. Well, he's it, not just a Roosevelt male, too. He's also, like, a doctor, which makes him even more, like, authoritatively creepy. Yeah, like a weird sweater thing happening. Uh, Yeah, Emily's like, it was kind of intentional. She should just throw this asshole out right now and just be like, Fallon wants to talk to me. Don't send her lackey. Yeah. And he says, please, she doesn't know I've come to you. I'm just trying to help. Ugh. And Emily says, I can't see her right now. And he says, she wants to apologize. Her behavior was alienating. <laughs> She shouldn't be alone right now. Just come by. Like, oh, fuck off. God. This guy, he looks kind of looks like if he cloned Ian from season one, but like something went wrong. Well, you got like a, an accidental splash of Hall in there, maybe? Yeah, maybe a little. Um, and Emily's like, for what? A piece on a movie? No, Hashtag thank Emerson. you. Well, <laughs> I just want him to be like, come by for the Emerson. And he's like, I just, I thought it wouldn't hurt to try. So he's Where are this leave- dude's boundaries? Well, are they even dating right now? Well, his patient is X. Like he is no longer involved with the De Laurentiis family. This, yeah, this is, yeah. this is all kinds of wrong. Well, you know, I saw like like slight spoiler. I think the description for the next episode is like like Allie comes clean about her relationship with Rollins. And I just pictured that scene where the Lyrus are just like, yeah, we we don't care. Yeah, we assumed it, and we don't care. Yeah. Well, it's like it's it doesn't take a lot to get that this guy's into her. Mm-hmm. Which is Allison De Laurentiis. This, this is woman's a hurricane. She changed her whole life. Uh, he starts to leave. Like looks over, sees the paper hanging out of Emily's bag that says fertility clinic, post procedure instructions. And Emily sees him, sees it, and she's like, "Oh shit!" And he's like, "This was a bad time to ask a fair review. If you need anything," and she's like, "I need you to leave now, please." Yeah, throws his ass out. Oh man, Emily's just like, "Listen, buddy, there's a hole in Spencer Hastings' yard that's got your name on it." Just saying. Fuck right off. Uh, of note, we see Lucas's door is 2A. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it means something. Maybe it doesn't. Hmm. Uh, so we're going to go out in front of the Rose, or I'm sorry, the Apple Rose Grill. Spencer's on the phone. She's trying to figure out how her meeting with Gil got messed up. She says, well, um, there's, a, there's a great like shot, like backaways here, like really looking at almost like the whole of the building. Mm-hmm. We see that it's basically like a four-story building, which is I don't know, interesting yeah. to me. Um, yeah, she says, um, are you sure, Gail? It wasn't rescheduled for another day? Oh, really? You don't have it in your calendar at all? Okay, um, that's, that's fine. Um, all. And then Yvonne comes running up and she's like, Spencer! And she's like running in her heels and Spencer's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll call you right back. And Yvonne just like runs right into Spencer and hugs her because she's a hugger. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, hey, Yvonne. And Vaughn says, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, whoever updated my calendar didn't, uh, include your contact info, so I wasn't, Spencer's like, couldn't call me to tell me you were late for our lunch? She's like, exactly. Though I guess I could have called the restaurant. And Spencer says, yeah, um, so, so somebody else updates your calendar for you? Yvonne says, uh, yeah, there's a campaign aide in charge of coordinating. That's probably who you talked to to schedule. And Spencer says, yeah, um, uh, yes, I did, yeah. This is great because she, she plays it so well because Spencer is like, Trying to make sense of this on a variety of levels. Spencer is, is handling as, it masterfully. As cool as the other side of the pillow here. Gives away nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And Yvonne says, you know, I have to admit, I didn't expect you to reach out. Uh, the town hall is such a success, but I guess I just assumed we'd retreat to our own corners. And Spencer says, um, well, you know, I really wanted to pick your brain, if that's okay. Uh, this whole daughter of the candidate thing, it's so new to me. And so, and Yvonne's like, of course. Spencer's like, you know, and Yvonne's like, uh, inside or out? Spencer says, uh, inside's great. Do you mind if I just make one quick call and I'll be right in? Yvonne says, okay, of course, I'll get a table. But Spencer thanks her. 
giving off like no hint to Yvonne that like this wasn't supposed to happen, you know. So she Yvonne goes inside. Spence calls Caleb. She says, "Uh, Caleb, Yvonne just showed up to my lunch with Gil." Well, the town hall was a success in the sense that these two did not murder each other. It wasn't a success in the sense of like numbers of people showing up. Yeah, not a big turnout. (laughs) So Caleb's back in the barn. Got a different shirt on now, and he says, "Did he arrange it?" some sort of campaign thing and spencer says no he's not here and she thinks i invited her mm-hmm. and kayla's just like 10 bucks says evil emojis it's trying to stir the pot she probably hacked both of your phones can you get out of there spencer says no you know what i think i'm gonna stay maybe she can help me figure out who scheduled this i'll talk to you soon bye mm-hmm. so, so this makes me wonder like is there more than one opposing force that works here because I, I don't i don't think this is a i feel like this is all part of like mona's weird master plan right now Oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, for one, there's no text. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no A text, like, kind of, like, forcing her to do anything. I Let me let me throw out my theory here, is that Mona's going to reveal herself to be, like, a mole for Veronica Hastings. Oh, I love that. And, like, that. this is all part of some, like, crazy, like, Batman gambit or something. Oh, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. I love the idea that, like, at some point, Veronica could be, like, Spencer... You thought your dad was some kind of <laughs> evil, manipulative mastermind. Where do you think he got it from? Oh, well, because Mona really thinks that she's friends with Spencer. Yeah. Spencer might not agree with that. Someone runs a campaign against me and you think I would lose? I'm yeah. Veronica fucking Hastings. Um, so meanwhile, at uh, Rosewood High, Allison's around the corner talking to Dr. Rollins. A psychiatrist. Yeah. I, he's like, I wouldn't have made the effort if I had known how much it would upset Emily. I tried to reach the others, but and it's like, I wonder, really, did did he really go of his own volition to try to please Allison, or did she, working her Allison magic and pulling the strings, effectively create a situation where he went to go do this to please like her? implied or something? I mean, I hope she did because if not, that's fucking creepy. Yeah, that's to be about- like, oh, I just thought I'd go talk to your friend on your behalf. Like, well, yeah, never mind the fact that like he's meddling in her life in a way it's not necessary but again professionally he is done with this yeah. family um so they pass by some students allison has her perfect like status quo like teacher game face on and she's like good morning Haley. that was a great essay and hey that's the thing like, that teachers say to students in the hall well you know at rosewood high if you haven't uh plagiarized your older sister's essay it is a great essay mm-hmm. and Haley's like thank you the students pass and Allie and rollins keep walking and she's like let it go I mean, I've done enough to force him away. I don't want to force him to, to take my apology, too. And he's like, you have made it difficult for your friends to support you, but that doesn't change the fact that you still need them. How long has it been since your father made an effort? Or Jason? Which well, see, this is what's so creepy about this guy, because he's he still keeps playing... Reminding- well, he's playing, like, a psychologist, a psychiatrist role right now, as well as, like, maybe he's, like, her secret boyfriend. Oh, he's... And, he's, like, there's a weird, he's like, secretly power ne- dynamic there that's just kind of gross. Yeah, he's like very subtly nagging her. Well, it's it's like you can you can be one or the other. Like if you're dating someone, you can't start like dropping like the psychoanalysis on them. Well, you can't you can't just effectively go like you're making it difficult for people to like you. You're alienating everyone. Mm-hmm. You still deserve love. You know, it's like you can't just keep doing that and like navigating from one end of that conversation to the other without some kind of fallout. But anyways, also I, I, alive. I, yeah, Ken's alive. I guess too. Too. I hope you know I'm still alive, dating Jenna. Oh, oh no, that's the darkest timeline. Come on, Jenna deserves better than that. With our two dogs, Shadow and Pepe. Hmm. Allie says, "You're right. 
no he isn't my friends are the closest thing i have to family right now and then like dot 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 you've been my rock and then i just go throw up somewhere like this like whatever steamy chemistry spencer and caleb have these are like the opposite of that like the least sexy romance ever yeah and he's like i have more vacation days i can take them if you need me to she says i appreciate that but i'm home time to get back to work back to normal or at least try and the bell rings and a bunch of kids emptying the hallway so she kind of tries to adopt a more professional tone here she says i have work to catch up on and they want me to start taking over my classes tomorrow so he kind of takes her hand and he says then i'll see you later she says yeah thank you for trying so she walks off, and then we see in the background behind her at the other end of the hallway, Sarah Harvey has yes. been watching. She's dressed in, like, a leather jacket, thigh-high boots and gloves, and she's got, like, a black beanie skull cap on. So so, so very inconspicuous back there. The cat burglar with the dragon tattoo. So when we see Ding her see later, <laughs> totally blending in. There's a girl who has maybe a 10th grade education. <laughs> totally blending in with these high school students um later on when we see her full body outfit the weirdest thing is unless i'm mistaken i believe that those are open toe shoes hmm. okay I'll like that makes that outfit even more mind-boggling um meanwhile on the grill we're looking down on spencer and yvonne's lunch a lot of looking down a lot of yeah a lot of let's high take, angles let's take the camera up into the ceiling oh uh, you can see that their table is also like really close to the door if I was Yvonne, I would not sit with my back that close to the door. That's just weird. Um, I think she, Spencer took that seat for a reason, most likely. Maybe. Well, I mean, if someone, some, if someone shows up late to your lunch, even if you didn't schedule that lunch, you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to take a phone call real quick. <laughs> um, so Yvonne's like, we both know politics is not an honest game. You have to get used to the idea that there is an expectation of privacy. You're always being watched. And Spencer's just like, bitch, are you for real? <laughs> Welcome to the Spencer world. Uh, so she, Spencer says, so how did you learn to trust the people who work for your campaign? Yvonne says, my mom ran for school board when I was eight. I've grown up with the idea that you can't trust everyone of everything. So just like, hmm, which <laughs> translation, I've got secrets. Yeah, Yvonne says, I'm guessing trust is hard for you, given what you and your friends went through. Spencer's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, people know what we went through. That's inevitable. I wasn't out in the world for very long before I realized that my entire sense of people was warped and i had to pound myself into a normal shape quickly i had to cut off bad habits with a blowtorch and I had to weld on new ones wherever they would fit which is like a really tortured metaphor well and also <laughs> it's like was this the last five years was the last five months the last five minutes mm -hmm. somewhere yvonne if you're not picking up on it she's also frying the toby mm -hmm. with a blowtorch right off and Yvonne says, there's nothing wrong with being an Iron Lady, Spencer. And Spencer's like, did you just compare me to Margaret Thratcher? Well, no. So she, she then says, in fact, they're my favorite kind. And so at first I was like you, I was like, gross. You don't compare Spencer to, to Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> hey, give fuck, Downey. And then I thought, wait, is she starting to flirt with Spencer? Because well, uh, that's, people... that's winning the breakup. Having him lot... fall in love with Spencer, too. Yeah, I saw a lot of people pick up on that line. That That line, like, in fact, that's my favorite kind. Like. Are you flirting? Like, what is your deal, Yvonne? Are you trying to swing a threesome or something? Power move. Yeah. So a waiter comes by, drops off the check, and Yvonne says thanks. And Spencer's like, um, you know what? And she tries to go for a purse, but Yvonne weighs her off and says, uh, I insist, really. And Spencer says, uh, next one is on me then. And Yvonne's like, I will hold you to it. I gotta run. Spencer says, okay. So Yvonne's getting up to leave. Spencer says, thank you again. 
Yvonne's saying bye. She uh she walks out the door and then Spencer gets up and she stops and frowns and looks down. Oh, Yvonne's phone is on the ground right next to her chair. So I went back and watched this. That phone is on the table the entire time until Yvonne literally picks it up, puts it on the floor, and stands up. Oh, interesting. Like, that had to be intentional. Like, I don't know how, like, maybe she could claim she, like, I don't know, missed her purse, like, setting it, you know, down. Well, but, like, my thing is, that's a hardwood floor. You yeah. You're not here if you've dropped it. Yeah, really. Um, so, yeah, Spencer, she picks up the phone, and she thinks about doing the right thing for, like, two seconds, looking around, and then putting her purse. I'd like to think that uh, somebody in the campaign coached Yvonne how to do this just right. Well, I think this is all part of Mona's master plan. Uh, so, yeah, Spencer takes off. She says would, bye would to, you, like, the weird hippie hostess. Yeah, yeah. And she says, th- thank you, and she's out. So would you say that this is effectively a dead drop, but, like, un- like unintentionally known by Yvonne? I don't know. I mean, obviously Yvonne did this on purpose. I feel like, and I could be wrong, but um, maybe Mona told Yvonne to do this and she thinks she's like playing a game for her side mm-hmm. but Mona's really like playing it the other way or something like that well it's, it's a dead drop so that the information ends up in you know, somebody's mm-hmm. hands presumably Caleb's anyway so after the commercial in Allison's classroom it's either after school or between periods or whatever classroom's empty Allison's at her desk grading kids papers well she's grading so, papers by just like drawing big circles on them as you do that's what I don't know what she's doing. doing exactly that's what Ezra was doing uh, so someone enters at first we just see like the silhouette of this person with their hand there so they approach, looking at Allison, the, the darkness creeping at the edges of the frame. Similar to Rollins' introduction at the start of 611. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison looks up and sees it's Sarah Harvey. She's just standing inside Allison's classroom door, apprehensive. Next to, of course, those posters of alliteration, plot, and antagonist. <laughs> plot, antagonist. <laughs> and uh, Allie's trying to play cool, but her eyes are like very wide now. She says, Sarah, can I help you? And Sarah says, I didn't realize you worked here. I'm looking for room 19. In the East Wing. And Allie, she goes back to look at her papers, very dismissive. But Sarah's just still standing there being creepy. Mm-hmm. And Allie looks back at him. She's like, across the courtyard on the left. Uh, so she says, I go back to papers. Uh, Sarah says, I knew you worked here. I don't know why I lied. My physical therapist connected me to a teacher. I'm supposed to give a talk on living with a disability. But... And Allie's, or Sarah's like come over to like sit right in front of Allie now. And Allie says, but what? Why are you here? Well, the, the, the blocking is fascinating. Well, I guess we'll get to the end. Um, Sarah says, after the accident, when my hands were still numb and bandaged, I spent months having to be fed. I hated every spoonful from every nurse's aid. I'm not sure why I need to know this. Because I mistreated every person who tried to help me. But they kept on helping. And now I have to do that for someone else. Allison's just like full attention trained on her. I guess I I just want to say I'm sorry, Allison, for your loss and for lying to the judge about Charlotte. As I'm doing this, my eyes are getting like, like <laughs> Dre Davis massive, like anime. Well, I have a lot of notes, but I want to save them for the end. Yeah. Allie says, you burnt her at the stake on that witness stand and you walked. I was scared, and I said whatever it took to protect myself. I shouldn't have, but I did. I feel terrible about it, and everything that's happened to her since. We both know what it meant to be close with Charlotte. I felt like we were sisters. She used you to replace me. When no one else was there for her, I was. That wasn't my choice. I didn't reject her. I didn't lock her up. 
and I spent the past five years making up for lost time getting to know her. We never really knew all of her, but I was hoping maybe you and I can put our pieces together and understand things a little better. I want something good to come from all of this. We're all she had. <laughs> and Ellie considers this, stands up, puts her paper in her bag, walks the fuck out of there <laughs> without saying a word. Just like Allison walks out of a lot of scenes mm-hmm. this season. Oh, I love the scene. I just, I really love just the like, I didn't realize you worked here and like, I knew you worked here. I don't know why I lied. <laughs> that's like, that's a very just like PLL in general thing. Um, Dre Davis is amazing in this scene. I really seriously hope people are coming around on this character. Um, well, you know, I feel like a lot of people give her shit for her acting, but if you go back and watch the scene where she's meeting up with her old friend, whose name I can't remember, like her, like her real friend, Claire, Claire. she's totally normal. So I, I feel like when people are like, oh, her acting's so weird, like she's doing that on purpose. Like she's intentionally really fucking weird and like abnormal. And I, I don't think that's a mistake. Well, I think I think it's true to the version of Sarah that she was portraying Mm -hmm. at that point uh her eyes are just these giant enigmatic like scrying stones she's really in this scene to me sarah harvey has become the darth maul of pll well through this whole scene she only blinks two times uh she starts blinking when she says that she felt like her and charlotte were sisters Mm -hmm. and then she also starts blinking when she says she's sorry those are the only times she blinks which you know that's a tell that you're lying Otherwise, like her eyes are, they're open so wide that it's like they're watering. Like but she's got them cranked so wide open. She looks completely deranged. For, for an episode where we've already unintentionally talked about power dynamics so much, it's such a supplicant blocking though. She's sitting, you know, at the head of the class of the teacher asking to like mm-hmm. basically be brought into Allison's world. Well, and as soon as Allie leaves, she, she firmly blinks like intentionally. It's like she's resting her eyes from that whole weird charade she was putting on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she like has like a really creepy smile on her face. Oh yeah. Which like this is some sort of setup. Like I don't, I don't believe her when she says that her and Charlotte were like sisters. I feel like she's setting up something else. So I, I'd happened to, to tweet something at Brian Holman just that I thought she was amazing in this scene and he responded that, uh, he thinks that she enjoyed herself. <laughs> Dre Davis. And it shows because for a character who is, so pleased with their own level of creepiness at the end of a conversation, who wouldn't enjoy playing that scene? <laughs> well, uh, why do you think Lucy Hale does this job day in day out? Yeah. <laughs> she says she was trying to protect herself by lying to the judge. That's so Allie, really. Yeah. Like, isn't yeah. that like, that's exactly the kind of thing Allie would do. And honestly, I feel like if Sarah had admitted to being complicit the whole time, I think that hurts Charlotte's whole insanity plea. Oh, yeah. Because it, it makes Charlotte's claim much like it doesn't hold water if you had another person willingly helping you the whole time you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh outside spencer's barn uh you know we get the the establishing shot then we're inside it's hannah's there with caleb and hannah texts uh found the drive where do you want me to make the drop hannah she fires off that text we see that caleb's there in his Who's laptop she texting? oh a i guess right hey a- a- yeah uh yeah. he's got like a fake hard drive on the table like plugged in he unplugs that wraps the card around it gives it hannah well, he's got says, yeah, a hard drive in like a bare bones enclosure here. Obviously, not the hard drive, this is right, like, dude? But he he assures her, "I promise this will pass with the real drive." I'm, uh, I'm glad you came to me. You know, you can always come to me. <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, I know." Just then, 
the door opens. Spencer walks in, seeing them there on the couch together, and she's like, "Hi." Well, she's like maybe slightly thrown, but like playing it off. Well, it's it's not even. Yeah, she's thrown. It's not like oh, there's Caleb and Hannah together. She's she's entirely in this scene invested in Hannah's reaction to everything. Yeah, definitely. It's not like I feel like Spencer's at all at all worried. Oh no, Caleb and Hannah will slip back together. Or it, it, like Caleb that. isn't the important equation part of the equation in this scene. And it, it's that's how that's Hannah's what, reacting. It's, yeah. that's, that's why the show is so great. Yeah. And Hannah's like, "Hey, Spencer, sorry, I, I I was just leaving." And Hannah's like, or Spencer says, "No, there's no need to rush off. I'm." Actually, really, I'm really glad that you're both here right now. And Caleb's like, what's up? And Spencer says... Well, Hannah has like a sick-to-her-stomach look right now. Like, oh my god, what is Spencer about to say? Yeah. And Spencer's like, um, I did something not entirely out of character, but just out of practice. (laughs) And Hannah's like, what's going on, Spencer? And she pulls out Yvonne's phone from her pocket, and she says, Toby's fiancé kind of left this, and I kind of sort of didn't give it back right away. Yeah. And Caleb says, you know, this is a good thing. Spencer says, are you sure? And he's like, yes, I'm sure. And he's like super soulful when he says it. And he kind of, he takes the phone from Spencer, but caresses her hand at the same time. Well, he's, he's being supportive and super affirming as fuck, which of course Hannah notices. Well, uh, I gotta say bad form, Caleb. This is too soon for a PDA in front of Hannah. Well, well, he does this. Of course, Hannah notices. Mm -hmm. Of course, Spencer notices that, which of course, Caleb does not notice Mm -hmm. that either of them has noticed Hannah just threw up in her mouth, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I can use it to try to find out who's sending these texts. Or at least get a little bit closer. Spencer says, I was hoping you'd say that. And so he plugs the phone into the computer, and then Hannah's phone rings. So she gets up, and she kind of groans. She's like, I don't know who's more needed today. Sarah Harvey or this, in this freaking hard drive for my boss and her gum. I have to take this. Which is a lot before you answer your boss's phone call. <laughs> yeah, so she gets up, and Spencer kind of whispers okay to her. And Caleb's just like... I'll look at both phones. Maybe with two hacks, I can follow the trails back to a common source. Spencer says, how long do you think it'll take? And he's like, uh, I'll clone Yvonne's cell phone. I mean, she'll have it back before she knows it's gone. Hacking time. Hacking, and hacking, hacking. Hannah's kind of looking back over by the door. It's got to sting a little bit to see these two kind of like complimenting each other so well. Mm. Kind of speaking the same language. Mm. And then she gets on the phone. She says, no, Claudia, I can't leave. Yes, I'll handle it over the phone. Yeah, I promise. I can get you another four feet of catwalk. Which I had to ask. Is that like she's going to physically add four feet of catwalk? Or is she saying that the very petite chic Asians are so tiny that you essentially get four feet of more real estate? No, I think she's got to like call up like the vendor or something and be like, yeah, you need to extend the catwalk. Uh, So she hangs up inside. She says, you guys, I got to go. And Caleb's just like, later. Spencer's like, bye, Hannah. And they kind of barely look over at her. I mean, Spencer looks over. Caleb doesn't really at all. Yeah. And Hannah, she pauses to look back at them, just feeling those feelings. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Do you think this is just like longing for Caleb? Or is this more like just feeling sad that her and Caleb never really seem to click the same way that Spencer and Caleb do? That, I think, married to the fact that I I could very well see, based on not my personal preferences or prejudices i don't think but based on just what's been on screen mm-hmm. and i know that and I know, and I know that reality is a thing that you really can't enter into the conversation of shipping mm-hmm. but i could see something where hannah and jordan break up shocking i know uh but hannah and caleb do not necessarily get back together mm. because well, c- well i kind of see hannah looking back here 
She's got to be thinking in some corner of her mind, like, me and Jordan don't really seem to click the way these two click. Right. And she's just, you know, measuring right now, basically. There's a sexy illicitness to, like, hacking, 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 coding, typing, laptop stuff, you know, nefarious, whatever. What the fuck are Jordan and Hannah going to talk about? Like, magazine? Yeah. Ads and stuff? I mean, not to belittle that world, but when you're entering that dying industry. When you enter that kind of like romantic partnership with a guy who you can barely understand half the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so back at Lucas's loft, Emily's gathering up her stuff, including those instructions from the clinic. She goes to the door, opening it, and there's Allison in the hallway just about to leave. And well, Emily, it's like Allie was too reluctant to knock. Well, Emily says, Allie. And Allison's like, I know you don't want to see me. I was just going to leave. After I came all the way over here in the first place. <laughs> and Emily's like, well, is something wrong? Come in. Because she's so loyal, even when she's mad at Allie. Yeah. And Allie says, I, something happened. It's really strange. Sarah Harvey, she came to see me. I think Sarah and Charlotte might have been closer than we thought, which is exactly what Sarah wanted you to think. I think Sarah actually cared about her. Emily's just like, you are ticking all the boxes for me and I hate it. Well, Emily's like, why would you believe a word she says? Because Emily, like, once you get on Emily's shit list for real, you stay on it. Mm-hmm. And Allie says, can I just stay here for a bit? I could really use somebody to talk to. And Allie says, I can't stay. I actually have to be somewhere. And Allie says nothing. And Emily just kind of rolls her eyes and sighs. And she's like, great. Elliot told you. Yeah, well, they're my eggs and I made the decision. So I don't need, so I need to do it. Uh, and she says, you can say whatever you want, want to say. I don't care. Just promise me you won't tell my mom. And Allie's just like, Emily, Elliot didn't. And Emily's face is just like, ah, shit. <laughs> Horrified face. Yeah. And Allison's like, honestly, I had no idea. You're donating your eggs? And Emily's like, oh, my God, I'm such a jerk. And Allison's like, when is this happening? And Emily's like, um, today. And Allison says, and you're, you're going by yourself? And Emily just nods, knowing that this is how it starts. Mm-hmm. Also, Hashtag Emerson. Well, Allison's like, oh, BTW, I told Lorenzo that I think the four of you might have murdered my sister. Anyways, do you need a ride? <laughs> You're not, like, mad about that, are you? Don't worry, he's not a very good cop. Yeah, I mean, it'll take him two and a half seasons to even arrest you. Well, let me just uh, throw this out here. What if, like, Rollins didn't exist, and this whole half season was just kind of the slow thaw between Emily and Allie? Like, does anyone... Are you missing anything? Does anyone complain about that? No. Like, I feel like Rollins is just bringing nothing to the table right now. I could very well see... Except for the fact that he's so uninteresting. I can see where Rollins is one of these two. I mean, unless he's killer. A. Yeah. I can see him being the killer. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. Um, well, like, what other purpose does he serve? Like, nobody gives a shit about, like, oh, I hope Allie finds some new boring dude to date, you know? Yeah, I, I see him as being potentially, like, more the killer than than Emoji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, at the hallway, at, at the rally, Arya's, like, talking to Han on her phone as she rounds the corner, passes a May. And Arya's like, no, oh. Han, I... Real quick, this maid, uh, the scene starts on the maid's back as she walks past Arya. We don't see this maid. Could this maybe be A? That would be fascinating if A is like leveled up to this this outfit. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, this it's is, a uniform, a right? It's like a slightly different body shape, too. Like, 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 noticeably different, right? Then, like, I mean, who knows? I mean, the other one is like, you know, fairly covered. I, up. I, you know, so of all the things that have evolved and changed, like stylistically with PLO in the season, I hope that someday we get to the thing where, like, they just 
reach behind their ear and like <laughs> pull off the Mission Impossible mask and it's somebody else underneath. Yeah. Well, I feel like you can never really trust the body type because as we all know, it's it's never actually the actor. So it doesn't but matter. I think I think I agree with you to a certain leeway. You know what I mean? Like there's there are certain body types where I'm just like, come on, guys. That's that's quite a difference. Anyway, um, at the rally, sorry, it's like around that corner talking to Han on the phone. And she's like, no, Han, I, I booked online. I don't want to run into your mom and have to have her ask questions. So Arya pauses hearing something. Uh, she stops outside a door where you can hear the theme music from Wheel of Fortune fucking blasting. <laughs> and Arya's like, um, hang on a second. She like leans up against the door, listening to the music like a creep. And she's like, Hannah, I think she's inside. I got to yeah. go. It should be pointed that the door has a please do not disturb sign on it. Yeah. This is uh, Sarah Harvey's room. My wheel of fortune is very important to me. So she hangs up and she moves to the next door over and slides a key in the lock because she got the room right next door. Very nice. As you do. Yeah. Yeah. So we go back to the Apple Rose Grill. Spencer comes back in to greet a completely different hostess at the front desk. Mm -hmm. I guess they uh, change shifts or something. Spencer's like, excuse me. And the hostess says, hi, can I get you a table? And Spencer's like, no. Uh, I found this outside and she holds out the phone and she's like, I was wondering if you had a lost and found. And then we hear Mona Vanderwall from off camera say, Out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Thank goodness. I've been looking for that everywhere. And Spencer turns around and says, she's just like a smirking Mona behind her. Be like, checkmate, bitch. Well, it's like dramatic pushing on Spencer. Mm -hmm. Dramatic pushing on the knowing satisfied face of Mona. Also, we need to work on Spencer's usually honed situational awareness because Mona is like, up on her like, like <laughs> before she realized it well spencer wasn't really looking in that direction yeah um for a moment when i was watching this i forgot that mona was working for the other campaign uh -huh. and i was just like whoa is this just like a crazy power move where she's gonna jack yvonne's phone <laughs> and i was like oh well, that makes sense she's working for the campaign so yeah at the commercial spencer and mona they're talking outside the grill like out on the street and spencer hands the phone over and mona says i'll just tell yvonne the restaurant found this I'll keep you out of it. Spencer's like, why? And Mona says, well, I wouldn't want people to think that you stole somebody's phone. Somebody whose mother is running against your mother. That would be awkward. Well, don't you just want at some point before this show ends for Spencer to say, like, cut the shit, Mona. <laughs> <laughs> but Mona never cuts the shit. That's no, her power. Nobody yeah. on this show cuts the shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, Spencer says, did you set all this up? And Mona's like, set all what up? And Spencer says, me and Yvonne, this lunch. Maybe even her leaving her phone. We were supposed, or, or were we supposed to start fighting over Toby, hmm? candidate's daughters, and boyfriend brawl? Yeah. And Mona's like, that isn't exactly explosive political cannon fodder, and this is a, isn't exactly a race for senior cl senior class president. We don't do these kind of things anymore, do we, Spencer? Mona uses the high ground to trample Spencer. <laughs> Spencer just ponders this as Mona walks off, like having fucked up her day as usual. Well, yeah, so yeah, Mona, Mona walks off. Spencer just like stewing in what now probably feels like her own horribleness. Um, I love that Mona's probably going to go update like her LinkedIn just to say, learned a new skill or, or acknowledging <laughs> new skill, social engineering on a, a master level. This show needs more Mona. Way, way more Mona. Uh, it's, sadly, spoiler, this is her only scene in the episode. <laughs> well, let me throw this out. What if instead of Yvonne, it was Mona's mom running for office and Mona dating Toby? Oh, and on the downside, Mona dating Toby. Yeah, like I don't she see can that. do better. But like just to fuck with Spencer. 
She's like, I'm, I'm taking this bullet. The only way I could see Mona and Toby dating, if it's like that thing in True Blood where it's just one long hate fuck. <laughs> and like she, like, because they're both that around. Part, yeah, she twists his head around. Well, I mean, they yeah. didn't have, you know, they were on the A, the A team together, so. Mm. Just saying, do we really need Yvonne? I mean, I, I, I I'm I all about just minimizing these extraneous characters here. I don't dislike Ivana, put it that way. Um, I mean, I dislike. I just feel like Jordan she's a patsy. I guess. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, <laughs> it's always hard when you see characters settling, and Yvonne has only been in two episodes. I feel like she's settling for Toby. Well, I feel like a character like Yvonne shows up, and you're just like. Yeah, people are gonna be shitty to you, and it's it's just not gonna turn out great. You know, like yeah. your life just got worse just by like entering the sphere of these other characters. Well, it's almost like Yvonne should be sitting down and having coffee with Ella, if anybody mm-hmm. else. <laughs> you're only gonna be in like two episodes each season, and when you do, you're gonna get stuck with guys like Byron. Sorry. Yeah. So, anyways, classic PLO style. We cut to an alley. Hannah's just a- chilling. A random alleyway that Rosewood has lots of, yeah. Uh, after this Mona Spencer scene, we will literally hear two cats brawling in this <laughs> in this scene. Uh, Hannah's chilling by a dumpster, looking glamorous as she makes a drop-off and texts some people. Oh, we get a look at Hannah's, like, her outfit here, which we haven't really got, like, the full frontal view of. It's, like, this red shirt that's, like, kind of, like, laced up, but, like, it has a super low neckline, so you just see her black bra underneath. Yeah. <laughs> this is some classic Hannah wear. Yeah, A's text is says leave my and an emoji present in the alley off Seventh and Cook, brown trash can. So then Hannah texts the others and says making the drop. Sarah H should be on her way here soon. And then she does a cool thing where she walks in front of the text and it kind of sweeps away behind her. Yeah. Love that. And then she goes and puts a a brown paper bag that has a hard drive in it in like this brown trash can. And then she gets a call. And she like sighs and she sees the caller ID. It's her, it's her boss. And she's like, hey, Claudia. Yeah, I know. I know. I understand. I'll be there. 630 the latest. I'm leaving now. So she walks out of the alley back in the real world, passes by the part town car. And then we get like the, the try push, like dun, dun, dun. Yeah, jump zoom. Yeah, this is the town car. Yeah, black town car. Watched Hannah do all that. You know, it's really hard to build theories right now because it seems like there's more than one party involved in these various scenarios. It seems like there's there's an, this new A, whoever they are. There's the killer. They're not the same person. And then there's, like, various other shenanigans, like Byron's actually just, like, sneaking around with Ella, or, like, maybe Mona's just doing, like, political shit or something, you know? Like, you not know, related to the main shit. PLO business as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for Tilly Clinic, we see Emily initial, is initialing and signing some forms there. They're basically in, like, a hospital room. She's already in bed in her hospital gown, looking a little drowsy. She's finished the form. And the nurse is like, oh, done? You might start to get sleepy from the sedative. And then he says, thanks. The nurse leaves. We see Allison's, like, waiting there for Emily. And Very like, caring. Yeah. Yeah. Emily's like, Allie, you don't have to wait here with me. There's no way I'm going to leave. Or Allison says, there's no way I'm going to leave you here alone. I'll be right here when you wake up. Um, and then she's... Can I ask you something? What are you going to do after this? And Emily says, kind of like, I don't know, like mournfully almost, like, I'm going to use the money to finish school. Or like, maybe she's not sure of her own answer. I think she knows. It's just like, she wishes she had a better answer, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm going to use the money to finish school. And well, it's like, smiles. it's like like a stunted development, I guess, in a way. Allie takes a hand and squeezes it. 
And then we're going to go back to Radley, the room Arya rented. She's on the phone with, like, accounts payable or something. She says, Ezra needed some place to quiet to work, so I booked the room. I, I just assumed I could expense it. Are you sure that I can't? Oh. I- I'm pretty sure Arya and Hannah are both getting fired this season. Well, like... She tried to expense it. What the fuck? After this phone call is over, like, the accounts payable people are all like... So... Pass the money around. We all think this chick is fucking this guy, right? Or they, they used to. Like, the only person who doesn't get it is maybe the boss and maybe Liam. Oh, my God. <laughs> Arya, Big, I can't believe this news. Big Toonie right now is just like, Arya, I think she totes expense that room. Save a buck. <laughs> so, uh, Arya. She it's looks, a deduction. Don't worry. Yeah. She can hear Ashley Marin outside. And we hear Ashley off screen say, Miss Harvey. And then we hear Sarah Harvey say, I asked for privacy. <laughs> and Ari says, um, just take it out of my paycheck, I guess. She's way more interested in what's going on outside right now. Uh, yeah, so Ashley says something that can't quite be made out. And then we hear Sarah in the hallway, just leave them outside the door. And Ashley in the hallway, in the hallway says, the rooms need to be cleaned once a week, minimum. That's a policy. And in and the hallway, Sarah says something like, well, she it- says, is it also your policy to harass your guests? That's right. Yeah, I couldn't find the word harass. And Arya's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run it by accounting this time. Thank you. And she hangs up, rushes over to the people, looks <laughs> out. We get an amazing fisheye lens look at Sarah and Ashley having this conversation in the hallway right outside Arya's room, conveniently. How tall is Sarah Harvey? Because well, she's like towering over Ashley here. How tall is Arya? Because the perspective of this <laughs> peephole is above both of them. <laughs> Like, did she have to step up into the room? Because Arya is already like four and a half feet tall as it is. Um, so, also, Sarah is still wearing that crazy cat burglar outfit with what looks like open toe shoes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that you know, that- in the other shot, it looked like she had like high he- high like boots on. Yeah, but this one she doesn't. Maybe maybe it was just like a weird shadow on the other one. I don't know. This is also it's a very put together outfit. Like, where is her comfort, bro? Because I just don't believe that you can trust yourself with, like without your fingers. I think she ditched the comfort, bro. We still don't know for sure whether or not those hands are actually non-functional or robot hands, mm-hmm. like Terminator hands. Yes, <laughs> like one of her, one of the people on her website page said. Yeah, just like so, skeleton hands. I just want Emily to like be settled in after her her procedure or getting a good night's nap, and then we just like cut over, and there's like the hand from the Adams family, do, like crawling up like a spider on the bed. Do you think they should never show us her real hands? Like, would you rather see the hands or just never see them and just wonder what the fuck is going on with those hands? I could do with at least one more scene of somebody's reaction to the hands. <laughs> to the hands, yeah. But like, I want it to even be more animated than Emily's. Like, I want Arya to see them and, like, just, just straight up vomit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this show needs more vomiting. Yeah. And so, uh, I sincerely, as she says, I sincerely apologize for the inconvenience. How about brunch for two? Our expense. And Sarah says, I don't eat brunch. Who is this monster? You don't eat brunch? Oh my God. Maybe you don't know what kind of establishment you checked into. <laughs> We're built on two things brunch and booze. Mm hmm. Bruce. Yeah, she's like, uh, all right, if you'll excuse me, you fucking psychopath who doesn't <laughs> like brunch. Uh, so she walks off, and we see Sarah Harvey just kind of, like, stewing outside, and then she looks over at Arya's door and frowns, and she leans in, like, looking through the other side of the people. Like, what the fuck? And, like, with the fisheye lens, she's, like, extra terrifying. So Arya just, like, ducks down to hide. 
And then she like waits a beat and like looks up again. Now the hallway's empty. And I think her mind is still blown by that brunch comment. Who doesn't like brunch? <laughs> it's just like she sensed that somebody was watching her. So Arya spooked ducks. And of course, if you've learned anything from movies, I've never seen this in real life, but like whatever Sarah can see from the outside of the people, she just sees like where there was darkness. Now there's potentially light. Like there's not an obstruction on the other side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she's gone. And Arya's like, how the fuck did she do that? Um, so meanwhile, in Emily's hospital room, it's night, it's dark, uh, it's after her procedure. Uh, from the hallway, we hear like chatter, interesting chatter. It's her room, there's a monitor beeping. Emily's still kind of out of it, looking around. She looks around the empty room, doors open. Then there's some like crazy shadow work, much like that, uh, that New York alleyway in Escape from New York. Uh, crazy, sh- crazy shadow coming. Suddenly, somebody's standing over her, like in hospital garb. Emily's like staring up at them, and they start to inject like a giant needle into Emily's IV. And Emily's just like, "What are you doing?" And we see that they're wearing a surgical mask, but they've got Sarah Harvey's eyes peeking out from <laughs> on top. We hear Sarah's voice say, shh, lie well, still, Emily. The whole visual style here, it's kind of this blurry, shaky view where creepy Sarah Harvey keeps going like in and out of focus. Like Emily's like drug POV. Yeah. Well, and it, you almost expect her to like maybe morph into someone else at any moment. Which would be kind wonderful. Of. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just Googled. I'm trying to figure out how tall Dre Davis is, but I can't find it anywhere. It's not a like if if. What if it like six B finale, right? They finally tackle Sarah Harvey or corner her, and she just transforms into like a giant black column of smoke. Or or Allie, yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, or just a, a recurring series of people ripping off their fake mask face. <laughs> um, so Ellie's just like, "What is that?" And the needle, like, once it's empty, the person like stabs the needle to the edge of the bed. Which oh is, yeah, it injects her IV with the syringe. Yeah, and so it, Sarah then pulls her mask down, revealing her face, and she's like, "This isn't going to hurt a bit. Don't worry, it'll be all over soon." Do you know? Uh, I went to the, the hospital today for my physical. Yeah, got some blood drawn. Seven vials. Seven vials. Oh, it was great. Full lab work. Yeah. I I realized around vial three that I had like a crazy grin on my face, so I just had to like turn my head away, so the the nurse doing it wouldn't notice. Was the nurse like, "Why do you have a pillow over your lap?" <laughs> that was wonderful. I'm just gonna moonwalk away from that as quickly as possible. Uh, so Emily starts to freak out, tries to grab at where the IV is going through her wrist, and Emily's like, "Take it out! Take it out! What did you do to me?" Sarah like attacks her, like holding her arms on. This is the shot from the trailer that I've been so curious about. Yeah, she pins both her hands back behind her head, uh, and Emily's just like, "Get off me! No, 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 no! Take it out!" Ah, I like screaming, cut to black. Uh, also, we should mention if we haven't already, blue like hospital, you know, latex gloves. Yeah, and like evil nurse, like Blurry Sarah Harvey here, super creepy. Well, I love that this is basically like the next phase evolution of like Sarah Harvey body horror. <laughs> like the the blue hospital gloves in place of the like already like the the masked hands motif, but it's also fitting because like Emily first encountered Sarah in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if they wanted to remove all doubt that this was a real. Real scene, real attack, and it was indeed Sarah doing this. She would be like, this is what happens to bad little girls or something. (laughs) Yeah, so after commercial, Allie's wandering back into Emily's room here. And she hears Emily saying, like, oh, take it out. What did you do to me? And Allie flips on the lights and she sees Emily kind of like, like fuging out. And she's like, Emily, Emily, stop, breathe. 
and we see, oh, Emily's just alone in the room right now. Freaking out. Like, you never go full, are you? Yeah. Emily's like, where were you? And Allie says, I was right outside. And Emily says, did you pass anyone? Did, did, did you see a nurse with a m- m- mask on her face? And Allie's like, what? No. And the way they frame Allie right now is in full POV from Emily. The same POV she had when she kind of like woke up there before. Mm-hmm. And like Sarah Harvey came in. Well, it's- also, they, they paint her as so serenely calm in mm-hmm. contrast to Emily that it's more unnerving. It's slightly sinister. Uh, yeah. A very interesting way they frame her here. I mean, she's looking right at the camera, basically, Allie is, because it's like Emily's POV. This can't be unintentional. I think we're we're basically saying there, there's like, look through Emily's eyes right now. Like, mm-hmm. look at Allie through Emily's eyes. Well, and I think in a lot of ways, this, like, Sarah fits those same mold in some regards as Allison in that she has power over Emily. Emily was attracted to her, had strong feelings for her. She also turned out to be evil and <laughs> manipulate her. And it's like, you know, the, the her her romantic repertoire was not just pages and yeah. uh, and, and Talia's, you know? It was also these crazy blondes. Um, and so I think it's kind of fitting and interesting because of what it says about Emily and what Emily's terrified of. Well, and they definitely want us to be suspecting Allie here because Emily says, no, she was here in here hiding in the dark. I'm groggy, but I know I saw her. And Allie's like, who? And Emily says, Sarah Harvey. And just like still this POV shot where Emily, Allie says, Emily, calm down. It was just the drugs in your system. She kind of walks over to Allie's side and Emily says, no, she, she was in here. And Allie says, I was in here the minute they brought you out of surgery. I just went to go find a nurse because you you were agitated. I mean, Emily is basically, she's William Shatner, that episode of Twilight Zone, where she just knows that Sarah Harvey is out there on the wing, like, fucking the plane up. Yeah. Um, yeah, Emily's like, I saw you. Or I saw I saw her. I, I know I saw her. And Allison's like, Em, relax. You still have anesthesia in your system. It wasn't real, okay? Now get some rest so I can take you home. Well, and this is another POV shot now. Like, Allie's closer now, looking right at us. Like, it's mm. it's just so unnerving. Yeah. Emily is like leaning back. She's trying to calm herself. She's feeling crazy. Well, she's staring at everything in the room like it might kill her. Well, and it, it really makes you wonder, like, was that a dream? Was it not a dream? I think like a lot of things of PLL, it was complicated. Yeah. Um, also, uh, it's not that I like Dr. Rollins, as I think we've stated so far. This would just be a really weird vibe to spring off any possibility of Emerson. <laughs> Remember remember how loving and caring you were with me when I was so spazzed out of my mind after that surgery? Well, is this what happens when you get some anesthesia? You just hallucinate Strauer Harvey trying Which, to murder you? The sad thing is I feel like you would love this encounter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe if they could give you anesthesia and remove your blood and you could have yes. like, a, like a sexy murder fantasy of Sarah Harvey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like a PLL dream vacation you could go on. <laughs> yeah, so now it's time for some Team Sparia action. Arya, she's holding her iPhone on a selfie stick outside of Shower Harvey's window. Uh, we see there's like kind of out on the balcony here on the outside the Radley. Mm-hmm. She's holding this selfie stick like eight feet long, like stre- you know, all stretched out and extended, mm-hmm. taking photos inside of Shower Harvey's window. Mm-hmm. And we see there's no one in there from what we can see of the photos. Spencer says, please tell me you don't own a selfie stick. And Arya says, company Christmas party. Don't judge me. These things come in handy. Aria, why don't you own a selfie stick yet? It's 2015 or whatever. 
Uh, selfie sticks. The spins are kind of last watching behind her. I love the sneer on Arya's face as she decides that she doesn't need Spencer's shade. <laughs> yeah, she reels back the phone and they kind of check the photos. And she says, let's see what we got. And Spencer says, well, it looks like nobody's in there. Arya, I haven't broken into a place since my dorm room. And those keys cost like $100 to replace. Seriously. And I don't really know what you think I'm capable of. Hotel door locks are electronic. All right. I love that Arya like called in the second story artist here. She's like, yeah. Spencer, I need your lock picking skills. Yeah. Arya says, yeah, but I'm thinking we get in there another way. You pick the lock on the balcony. Spencer's like, what? And she kind of walks over to look down like between the gap between the two balconies, like very kind of like scared. And she says, oh, my God, you're not serious. And Arya says, you, you're, you're tall. You've got long legs. And Spencer says, okay, would you like me to toss you over there first, like a frisbee? First, yes. Second, the hand acting. Team Sparia fastball special. I would kill to watch Troy and pick up the seal and just chuck her across the spine. What do you think Spencer and Arya's mutant powers would be? Oh, shit. Um... I feel like it's something where, like, Spencer has, like, kind of, like, and this is going to sound crazy, but, like, full, like, geographic awareness. Like, she can sense the distance between things down to, like, the atomic level and can, hmm. like, manipulate that somehow. I don't know if you could put it into words with their mutant powers, but I feel like you would have an encounter with either one of them, and it was just, like... I don't know. The level of their intensity would give you a sense of anxiety that you'd have to just like lay down or like maybe move to another town. Well, I feel like Spencer's like perceptiveness is so precise that she could literally cut reality with a knife. That's good. That's good. like a subtle knife. Um, yeah. Arya's, this is one throw out for Arya's. She can manipulate gravity within herself. Like she could make herself like a neutron star, basically. I was just going to say, like, does that mean like her food would gravitate upwards in her stomach do uh, i'm just saying like she can just basically make herself like as like kind of like a powerful gravitational force as she wants to be like is she increasing her own density and stuff whatever yeah okay okay i like i like that i spencer's is interesting i'd like to get more clarification on that but especially since spencer is now currently dating gambit <laughs> um <laughs> oh i would love to sit down and well i think really... spencer with her powers she could she could be like a like a, an amazing fighter because she'd be able to like sense like exactly where somebody is like spatially and just dodge them perfectly I, i'll never forget like a while back somebody on twitter was asking us questions about like super, like pll superhero stuff or whatever and they were like well what do you think spencer's like superhero name would be not even like really thinking just like my initial gut bullshit response i just typed out like relentless <laughs> and i was like yeah that works <laughs> yeah so anyway Arya says what, what else are we supposed to do come on team sparia old time's sake I've got to get in there, and I've got to get that golf club before Sarah tries to frame my dad. Well, Master she... Manipulator, she invokes the power of their friendship, Spencer's oh. love of hijinks, and the familiar, familiar, familial concern of someone in the family being framed. Well, and you can't say no to Team Sparia, so Spencer's just like, fine. Yeah. So she kind of eases herself up on the balcony railing, big breath. She's like, okay, watch out. And she <laughs> like kind of rises up, 
standing on the balcony and looks down. She's like, oh, it's a good thing Spencer's basically wearing like slippers for this. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because Arya's in like these like insane massive heels that Baker, basically they make her look as tall as Spencer, which I thought was funny. Um, Black and white heels, yeah. Yeah, so Arya's looking down. Spencer reaches a leg over that gap and comes down on the other side. Some serious like Mission Impossible shit right here. Mm hmm. And uh, she's kind of holding, bracing herself on the balconies above her as she crosses over. And then she jumps down onto Shower's balcony and like kind of breathing hard. And she's like, okay. And Arya looks down. She's nervous. And Spencer's checking the door. And Arya's like, yeah, on second thought, could he come back here and toss me like a frisbee? And then Spencer, like looking across the divide at her, is like, come on, you can do it, little big one. Oh, yeah. Which that to me is also a fantastic callback. You're a little bit you're big. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they also did in the six eleven. So Arya's like, okay, give me a second. I should have I should have thought ahead and worn flats. Yeah, you should have thought ahead to this moment, Arya. Well she she reaches down and pulls off just these like hideous black and white striped heels that have like two inch soles on them. I mean yeah. these things are just like massive. Uh she hands the shoes over to Spencer and then kind of starts pulling herself up on the ledge. I mean I, I think if I were to personally do this situation, I would go back into my my room. More than likely, most hotels, if I remember correctly, do have a an ironing board in the closet. I would lay that across the gap and walk on that. Are you afraid of heights? Um, it's not always that I'm afraid of heights, but I would I would think that that would be a precaution I'd want to take. Say yes. Eh, I think when you get to a certain level, yeah. I mean, they're they're only on the second floor, so that wouldn't worry me as much, but. Anyway, so Arya lifts herself up. That's how we end the scene. It's her lifting herself up, trying to get over there. We're going to go back to the hospital now with like Which, the worst nurse ever. But don't you just wish we could have seen Arya go across that thing? Yeah, I would have liked to witness that. <laughs> Maybe Lucy Hale is just like, fuck that. No. I would have just loved for them to like cut down to the street level. It's like somebody's like walking back to the hotel and mm-hmm. looks, just looks up and just like, no, I'll just sit and watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad we couldn't have got one like wide exterior shot of that. Yeah. Uh, so back at the hospital, Allie's talking to the nurse and says she was trying to take out her IV. And the nurse says, some patients have a rough time coming out of anesthesia. And Lee says, honestly, I feel a lot better. And the nurse says, good, because I have a, I need to have a conversation about something that happened during the procedure. Which sounds like she's going to die or something. Yeah. And then she turns to Allie, the nurse says, and says, can we have a moment? And Lee says, um, no, she can stay. And Allie has this little, like, smirky, shitty grin when she says that. Like, I think she yeah. just, looked, I wouldn't say shitty. I would say subtly pleased. Mm. And the nurse says, all right, well, there's been an unforeseen development. This has to do with the couple you had planned on using your eggs. They decided to back out. During the procedure? And Lee's just like, oh. And the nurse says, it's good news. They're pregnant. Like Emily gives a fuck. She's like, I need that cold hard cash. Yeah. And uh, the nurse says, they found out earlier today, but it means they won't need your eggs, which we've already retrieved. You have a decision to make. I mean, did they get the call during surgery? Well, Emily right now is just like, I have the worst fucking doctors. Yeah. God damn it. And Allie's kind of like putting a comforting hand on Emily's shoulder and she says, can she keep them? And the nurse says, they can be frozen for later use, but there are costs associated with that. They can also be destroyed. So here is where I needed to go do some research on, like, egg donation. Because when I first watched this, I was like, do they take all your eggs? Like, they can't. Oh, I was thinking, like, that would be fucked up. 
but no, they only they only take like like you know the the current ones. It's not like you like are infertile after an operation like this, so it's not a huge thing. But way to provide options, lady. Jesus Christ. I mean, I don't know. I don't know all the stuff that that she signed, but um, you know, like if if they're telling her that you're not going to get the money, like couldn't Emily sue? pretty much everyone involved with this most likely emily it's it's usually set up where like you get a grand regardless and uh-huh. then you get like eight grand if it goes through okay um so yeah emily's like no if it's possible like can i donate them somewhere i mean i still feel like i want to help someone start a family if i can and the nurse is just like ah, well no we no, no, with- no 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 she seems ecstatic she seems like she's putting on the nicest like i hate you face ever that's just my interpretation oh no no i i took it as that she is ecstatic and a little bit weird cuz well, her... she's she's like well we work with a few egg banks across the state that accept donations i'll get the paperwork started no like no. and she has a smile on her face like thanks a fucking lot for making me do the paperwork can i just toss them in the trash no, I would like to hear other people's reactions. I took it as she's very pleased. Mm, okay. Well, I we'll see. She's very pleased that the, the miracle of life is going to continue. Well, forward. the two options she gave Emily are like, give us a bunch of money or I can throw your shit away. Also, I'd like to point out. Oh, you want a third uh, option? Ugh, fine. If everyone's listening, I don't think it needs to be stated the importance of Planned Parenthood in our world. Okay. So this is a, this is a good PSA moment. Here's at Claudia's studio. Oh, fucking Claudia. Hannah comes in, running in, as we hear Claudia berating a blonde girl. And she's, like, going over the dresses. And she's, like, crimson, scarlet, oh, oh, vermilion. How am I the only designer in Manhattan for an assistant that can't grasp the concept of red? We should mention, this is, like, some massive warehouse. Yeah. Uh, With a doorway that looks suspiciously like the doorway to a soundstage on the WB lot interesting so yeah. hannah comes like rushing to save the day and she's like okay i'm late but i'm here let me help you sort things out and claudia's wearing like a fur vest her new assistant is wearing a black dress of giant gold polka dots on it which is crazy and the new assistant with the comical accent's like oh pardon me do you have an appointment i can't do the accent oh she's like german or something yeah, or russian like, yeah. yeah and hannah's like i work here hey who the fuck are you and claudia's <laughs> this is like new assistant I'm sorry, Claudia says. This new says, I don't know her name yet. And this is like, I am Greta. <laughs> Who's apparently still learning English. And Claudia's just like, 6.30, Hannah. You promise. And Hannah's like, I know, but I couldn't get a cab at Penn Station. Claudia just kind of weighs her off and like, you know, looks back at Greta and says, you, give me a hand. And then turns back to Hannah and says, um, your tacky little panda bear mug. It's in the box with the rest of your things. You can just take that and go. Oh, shit. Hannah just got fired. Mm-hmm. But Hannah's like cool as a cucumber. She's like, no, eh, whatever. She just walks over to her desk, and Claudia's just like, hand, hand. And Greta like tries to reach for the dress that Claudia is holding, and, and Claudia yanks it away. And she's like, give me. And she takes out the gum from her mouth and shows it in Claudia's hand, which is totally gross. She's like, give me your hand. And she kind of closes Greta's hand over the gum mm-hmm. and hands her the dress. And Hannah's just like feeling totally skeeved out watching this. And Claudia says, steam this for me, will you, honey? And Hannah says... In a dejected, broken Greta. Wanders yeah. off. <laughs> Hannah says, hey, you can't talk to people like that, Claudia. And Claudia's like, Hannah, dear, you're really stressing me out. Why don't we end things on a high note, okay? Um, On your way out, can you get me some gum? Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, get your own damn gum, Claudia. There's a pack in your dre- in your desk. And Claudia's like, excuse me? Because like, no one's ever talked to her like this. 
and enhance this two in your briefcase, two in your purse, and a whole stash in your bedside table. I do everything you ask me to do, and then some. And all you do, you just pick me apart and you send me on a thousand different ridiculous errands. And Claudia says, weren't you the girl that came marching in here with a five-year plan? Well, if you leave here now, you're going to be starting over at the bottom. Apologize, and maybe I'll consider keeping you on as second assistant. And Hannah says, is that the best you've got? If you're trying to scare me into staying, you're going to have to do way better than that. And Claudia's like, there's a line of girls just waiting to take your place. And Hannah's like, fine, let them. I've been pushed around by a lot worse than you. Mic dropped. I love this. Go Hannah. She's like, not taking any shit right now. I feel like there's more of a backstory to the ugly panda bear mug. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. I love Hannah's confidence here. And I, I kind of suspect that, like, in the next episode, Han- uh, Claudia's going to come crawling back to Hannah. Like, because she, she, like, did not blink at all. She's like, fine, fire me. You know, like, I'm I'm not bowing to you. I would love it before PLO ends. We find out that Hannah has designed some kind of fashion line based on her adventures with <laughs> A. I don't know what the fuck that would even look like. But that yeah, would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. So go back to the rally. Spencer and Arya, they enter Sarah's room from the balcony. Well, there's there's great symmetry as we see Hannah like like reaching for a door in her mm-hmm. scene. Then we cut to one opening, like different locations, different angles. Um yeah, Spencer and Arya come inside. Arya's put her big ass shoes back on. <laughs> the room well, she's taller than Spencer somehow because of those giant eels. The room looks pristine and nice, and Arya says, if she's refusing maid service, shouldn't this Place have been a little messier. It's just like it doesn't even look like she slept here. And Arya's like, yeah, that or she's learned how to make hospital corners with her teeth. Lol. <laughs> or she's sleeping on the ceiling like a vampire bat. Uh, so Arya looks around and she sees something. She tenses up. She's like, Spence. They look over. They see like a stiff white glove poking out from under the bed. They assume that it's Sarah hiding <laughs> under the bed and maybe haven't forgotten that her giant like Mickey Mouse gloved hand is sticking out. And Spencer putting on that on an act is like, you know what? Um, this was a really bad idea. I think we should just go back out the way we came in. And Arya joins in. It's like, yeah, you're right. Let's go. And so they kind of shut the door from the inside. And Spencer kneels down to. Well, it's such a classic gotcha. like girl detective move. I would have loved it if they like like made like stompy noises like they're slowly walking away. Yeah, or something. yeah. Um, it's it's just a single glove sticking out. But this is also basically that scene from Clue and other things where you have the pair of shoes in front of the billowing curtains and you're not sure if it's yeah. a person or not, or it's Noel Kahn under a sheet <laughs> with a chair in your grandma's spooky ghost sex cabin. Um, so Spencer sighs and she's just like, there's no one here. She picks up the glove, which has this wooden holder thing that like, keeping the shape. Totally normal. Like, yeah. He's yeah. like, okay, that's creepy. Well, put it back or she's going to know we were here. And Spencer's like, she'll just blame it on housekeeping. Arya says, do you want to get someone fired? And Spencer replaces the glove. I feel like almost like they've switched positions there. Well, Spencer's like, whoa. You care about somebody else other than yourself? What's going on, Arya? Arya, the people who do housekeeping in this hotel really only make so much for a wage. Yeah, so Spencer puts the creepy hand back under the bed, and Arya says, Come on, let's find that golf club. Meanwhile, cut to the barn, where Caleb is hacking in the dark. He's got Yvonne's cloned cell phone up on his computer. I'm pretty sure it's a lot harder to clone cell phones these days, but sure. Uh, he's running some trace signal command and then he looks down, he's looking through the directories on the phone and he sees cloud campaign HQ folder. So he opens that up and inside we see kind of like the whole architecture of the Phillips campaign headquarters, so, like network. 
Yeah, so we see where like the server leads to some people too. Uh, there's one A Nelson, which I would assume would be Allison Nelson, who works on the writing staff. There's also a J Lennon, presumably being Janelle Lennon. There's a Y Phillips being Yvonne. There's an M Vanderwall being Mona, of course. Oh, the Mona one's the important one, yeah. Shocker. There's an L Reedman, meaning Larry <laughs> Reedman. Does this mean that lawyer Larry Reedman had a falling out of Veronica and joined the Phillips campaign? Could be. Could be. Whoa. Yeah, so uh, he's kind of looking at that, intrigued, and then he sees there's a folder marked Hastings Opposition Research. It has a It's red. It's got a lock on it. He clicks on it, and nothing happens, so he hits a little info button, and it opens up. It's only 326 kilobytes, so it's not very big at all. Uh, it's encrypted, and his eyes kind of light up here. I kind of wonder if maybe this is a honeypot. Like, this would be a classic Mona move here. Mm -hmm. To, like, play Caleb by setting up a honeypot for him to get caught in. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, back to Sarah's room with the Radley. Arya and Spencer are, like... Can you, can you imagine being interviewed by the campaign that you're coming to work for? And you're like, what do I bring to the table? Complicated cyber-stalking honeypot schemes. <laughs> and they're just like, that seems important of connecting with the voters. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, at the Radley, Arya and Spencer are checking under the mattress together. Spencer's like, do you feel anything? <laughs> and Ari says, no. Uh, where else could you be hiding a golf club? And then Spencer's phone beeps, and Ari says, I'm going to go look in the closet, because that's what you check when you can't check the bedroom. Yeah, well, I mean, she's checking the bedroom. She's gotten her mm -hmm. dream. Um, and text from Caleb says, where are you? All capitals. And Spencer says, okay, fi fi I'll finish up in here. And then she texts back with Arya, can it wait? And Arya's kind of peeking in the closet, and she's like, wow, I could live in here. This thing is seriously bigger than my apartment. Which, like, why does a hotel have a massive walk-in closet? Well, you think that this is, like, just her exaggerating, or maybe because she's so tiny, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but we will see. Arya's like, is... I sleep in a coffin. <laughs> it is genuinely a massive walk-in closet. Mm -hmm. uh, which makes me even wonder about what the hell was this when it was the sanitarium? Yeah, who even knows? Uh, yeah, so Arya goes in, and Spencer opens some of the drawers in the, like, the dresser. And it's just, like, full of, like, creepy, like, glove hands. Like, like gloves with the fake hands. Like, just, like, all different styles of gloves on fake hands. Like, do, are those real? Do they just, like, have fake hands you can buy to put gloves on? I presume. I mean, they yeah. have that shit for hats. I guess. I don't know. So they have shoes. These are all Sarah Harvey's like creepy gloves that she can't store like a normal person. But does she have enough outfits to go with all these different gloves? I'm sure she does. I mean, she has a cat burglar outfit that she's wearing earlier today. Too true. Yeah. So Spencer kind of pokes at one of them that looks a little different. And oh, it's, there's there's no fake hand inside this one. So she pulls it out. And we see inside there's some rolled up papers. And she kind of unrolls them. We see, oh, these are the blueprints to Radley Sanitarium. And Charlotte's old room is circled on the blueprint. Hmm. Mm, yeah. So we're going to cut to Hannah and Jordan. They're in like the backseat of a town car here being driven around somewhere. <sighs> Hannah's very stoic, just kind of staring off, like not really looking at Jordan. who's like trying to like, you know, be the good boyfriend here. And he says, you stood up with yourself. And Hannah says, she's going to blackball me. <sighs> I should have apologized. I should have begged for my job back. I left my panda bear mug. Aw. The magazine has relationships with dozens of designers. I bet we make a few calls. You'll have 10 interviews by Monday. Hannah says, well, you should call the Times first. 
Our wedding announcement cannot say Jordan Hobart, Jr. VP of Ad Sales, marries, marries Hannah Marin, unemployed. I need to like center myself here. I'm trying to feel like my easiest go-to for an Australian accent would just be like, that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. All right, that's enough. I'm not going to let you spin out. Let's cut it up. Come on. Yeah, so he puts an arm around her, and she's like not even looking at him. She's still looking out the window. He's like, I don't really care what the announcement that Tom says, okay? Who the fuck says cuddle up? <laughs> Jordan does. And she says, and what if it says Hannah Marin, luckiest girl alive, marries her genuine Prince Charming? Do you really mean that, Anna? What if the, the announcement of the Times just said, Spalip? It just says, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's how it would end in like the, uh, the fan fiction version. It would just be like, H, it's complicated, sign C. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jordan's like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go ride to our place or maybe stop somewhere for a drink? No. Do you want to get out of the city for a few days, go back to Rosewood, clear your head? I don't want to go to Rosewood or the apartment. Can we just keep driving? Whatever you want, love. Um, so there is a great shot, though, as she says her part of the end there, where it's like it's a kind of a profile shot. Hannah's like bathed in black all around her she stares off thinking or trying not to think it's it's i don't know it, it reminded me a lot of like the the artistically like fantastic way we looked at hannah in like the songs episodes you know oh, what do you think is going on with hannah here i don't know my my concern rewatching this scene when i was doing my notes was oh what if he drives her right towards that heart-shaped bed yeah, I mean, it could be like, that. Like, what I if mean, she just plunges into a, a shotgun wedding with this asshole just because? I feel like the, the concern about the wedding announcement is perhaps a little bit of a tell. Mm. Like, I don't think she really cares about her employment status says on that. But I think she's definitely thinking about that wedding announcement. Uh, it seems like she's having second thoughts right now. And I don't know if she's, like, fully admitting it to herself yet or not. Well, she's, you know, because she's been trying to scare him off. With mm-hmm. her with her bad ways, her wicked, wicked ways, like for two episodes now. I mean, do you think this is because of Caleb or just because she's not really fitting into the, like this lifestyle that she's kind of adopted for herself? I would like to think that it's more about Hannah than about Caleb. Well, it kind of seems like Rosewood isn't like because Spencer and Caleb are there. It's not like a, a home base for her right now. Right. Which is why she doesn't want to go there. Well, but on top of it, though, because like I said, you're not wrong, but I don't want to make it all about Caleb. On top mm-hmm. of that, there is the issue of her mom. That she's done something which escalated to her mom doing something, which means that now her mom is like complicit in her stuff. I think I think it's it's all gonna come back to like Hannah's confidence in the world. Yeah. Well, and also maybe Hannah's just kind of depressed right now. Yeah. Well, you know, she's, like, she's definitely depressed right now. Definitely. I feel like she's she's spun an idea of her glamorous new lifestyle. That isn't exactly congruent with reality. No, no. And now she's kind of facing that. I think Hannah became like one of the best possible versions of herself at the end of 6A. And, you know, where the liars all spun out in that five years, she became the more shadow image, obs- shallow image obsessed version of herself mm-hmm. in New York. But thought told herself that she appeared happy she appeared to be on top of it all but yeah i think you know it's realizing that she's realizing that she's not that person 
or she's not happy, or this is not what she wants. I don't know. This is not her beautiful house. Yeah. Yeah. This is not, this is not her talking head song. Um, back to the Radley. Uh, Spencer, she's looking at that, those blueprints. There's, uh, she looks back at the closet and then goes back to her papers. There's another blueprint here. It's the current Radley Hotel, and she kind of overlays it over the Radley plans, the sanitarium plans, and she sees, oh, Sarah's room, number 214, is right on top of Charlotte's. Also, the closet in that blueprint does not match, like, the massive walk-in closet we see. <laughs> but yeah, so Sarah has checked out Charlotte's old room, and Spencer's like, Aria, Aria, you have to come look at this. Sarah's staying here because it was Charlotte's old room, and she's a patient at Radley. Aria? And she looks back, there's no response, so she goes to the closet, and she's like, Arya? She kind of, she peeks in, inside the closet, there's just like a massive hole in the wall. Yes. This, like, jagged, crazy hole right in the closet wall. And behind it, we see there's like a brick wall and a ladder just leading down into the abyss. Which is why Wheel of Fortune was blasting, is because Sarah Harvey, with her hand situation <laughs> being whatever it is, has been Shawshank redemptioning this wall. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, yeah, so Spencer comes over to like look into the hole and like down into the abyss, like you just see this long ladder going into the darkness. She's like, Arya? Mm-hmm. Which it kind of makes me wonder, would Arya really explore this on her own or did somebody grab her? I I wonder what just what does the situation of those shoes on that mm-hmm. ladder? Yeah, really. Well, this is such a like a weird, spooky reveal. Because, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, there's only a minute and 52 seconds left in the episode right now. We're not going to get a resolution on this. Yeah, so, Arya, uh, Arya down the rabbit hole is exactly where I wanted this episode to end. Um, yeah. So, Lucas is lawful cut to. Just a reminder, Lucas left the keys of this place to Hannah, who had her boyfriend over, and is now letting Emily stay there. It's just like the the liar crash pad now. Well, it's Which like, I'm sure pleases Lucas. He's like, wow, I just thought I was going to see Hannah naked on my like hidden cameras. Now I'm seeing all the liars. And Jordan. Mm-hmm. Seriously, that guy never buttons his shirt. <laughs> that dude is shredded. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Hannah's. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Emily is. She's in like Hawaiian print PJs. Like the sleepwear in this episode is just magnifique. I am going to say something shocking here. This is literally my favorite Emily outfit ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's like this pounding on the door that wakes Emily up. She's like, Hannah? Like keeps more knocking, and Emily's just like, "Hannah, did you forget your key?" And she's like, "Pound, pound, pound," and she's like, "Hang on a sec." So she gets up, she goes and answers the door. There's no one there, of course. Mm-hmm. There is a grocery bag on the floor outside, and she kind of reaches down. There's a carton of eggs in there, so she opens it up. One of the eggs is broken, mm-hmm. and there's a message taped inside the lid that says, "Give me the killer, or I'll use your eggs." It's printed in Monaco font for some reason. And Emily just puts that shit back in the grocery bag because she's not about those fixed width fonts. And then we get this cool overhead shot, like looking down from the loft, and she's like freaking out, like, "Oh shit, what's going on?" Because mm-hmm. well, A yeah. is stolen Emily's eggs, as as predicted, and it's like gonna like make like a crazy Emily army or something. Well, and this overhead shot is one of my favorites because it really fits in with this unease and like making her look so tiny in that space. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, is this going to be like an oblivion or something? Like with a bunch of like Tom Cruises like invading the planet Earth? Is it going to be like a bunch of Shane Mistrels? Well, I like was, conquering I was just, the world? What? It's a great threat. But what is the reality of this? Like, is Sarah Harvey just going to show up and be like, Guess what, Emily? I'm pregnant. I, I'm expecting you. Well, in that last scene where the nurse is just like, Can we throw these out or what? I was like, what if you put him in Alley? And I was like, no, that makes no sense. 
but it's hot. Uh, so then we get the A tag here. He's got that hard drive that Hannah dropped off. Wearing dead drop. blue gloves. Wearing those same kind of blue latex gloves, like maybe Shower was. And the same outfit, really. The same yeah. like kind of like long thermal well, shirt. I, I think this reveals that some form of that attack or that, that scene was real. Could be. It may it, not have been Shower, but somebody was in that room. Some yeah. blonde. Maybe it was Cece. Um, so, yeah, taking the hard drive out and plugging it into the computer there. And suddenly a full screen video of Caleb appears on screen. Says, I don't know who you are, what kind of game you think you're playing, but guess what? If you can change the rules, so can we. And what then if it, Caleb did like the full taken monologue there? <laughs> I've developed certain set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you're looking for money, you should know I haven't got any. Yeah. Um, I will find you and I will hack you. So then the scene, the screen kind of like snow crashes here and A starts like pounding on the keys because Caleb just pwned their ass. And we see like virus detected and everything kind of dissolves to a black screen. And then we see a little prompt that says the drive is unreadable or corrupted. A drive. Yeah. I Which would be like, your disk drive. <laughs> I would hope that Caleb like installed like a tracker program in the firmware or something. Like, come on, he can do better than just like fuck up their hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. You would think also. <sighs> So obviously the video was on the drive. Mm -hmm. It looks like from the video that plays, like it was shot when he was doing his darkened hacking in the barn. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm just all about was he just like, oh, Hannah, I'm gonna do a thing here. Could you, uh, could you step outside for a moment? Yeah, just just like turn off all the lights. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be cool. Let me write this down. Like, what do, what do you think if I'm like, I don't know who you are or what kind of game you think you're playing? And she's like, seriously? What are you, Batman? He's like. Is it, is it too authoritative? What Spencer thought it was cool. Oh, sorry. That was kind of <laughs> low. Also, Spencer's negligee, right? Right? High five. Come on. No. Anna, come on up top. <laughs> Are you wearing a negligee? What is happening here? Um, yeah, so A like slams that laptop closed. And I, you know, I thought, okay, yay, like PLL team. But then I thought, this isn't the the old A. This A sucks. <laughs> yeah, this A is a, well, I, one or two things is happening. Either this A is totally sandbagging, uh -huh. or they're a fucking moron. Well, like maybe this is what makes me think A is like Lucas or something. You know, like just like not together. They don't have it planned out. This can only make me think the only the only like thing like like long term that would work from this ending to me is if like what A does next is like fucking insane. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just like burn somebody's house down or something. Well, see, if right. this was Mona, she would have got pictures of Hannah dropping off the hard drive. Yeah. And just use that to blackmail her further because that's how Mona works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it's an interesting end of the episode. Like a cliffhanger with Arya and Spencer, which we don't normally get those in a PLL episode where you're like, hey, the one of the plot lines didn't wrap up. Like, what's going on there? So, uh, how did, how did Joseph already put it? Like, in this episode, Holdman pokes a hole in the wall. In the next episode, Doherty goes down it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting, strange episode. Like, lots of little things happen, but we're still waiting on, like, a, a resolution, at least to, like, these, these current threads, you know? Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot, though. It was, it was fun. It's a great episode for Shane Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, speaking of which, next week's episode is called Where Somebody Waits for Me, which is written and directed by Joseph Doherty. It's another line from Bye Bye Blackbird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just mining all the lines from Bye Bye Blackbird. Well, I think this is probably like the last really applicable one mm -hmm. or the one that looks good on a script title. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was the episode. 
yeah. Where was it? Where somebody waits for me? Where somebody waits for me. Excellent. So uh, we got a few reviews. Wanted to give some shout outs. Thank you to Mike slash two two seven eight period question mark. Uh, Morgue ninety four slice of Emily, Schmeeze and Jars Jarv SF. Those are all in the USA. Uh, in Canada we had Ryan Dunbrack. In the UK we had Sarah Boswell. In Australia we had Amalia. In the UK, hmm. which uh, you're in Australia, but you're in the UK. Thank you to everybody who left us reviews. We always appreciate those. If you want to do that, you can certainly do it in iTunes. Uh, you can also get in contact with us on our website page, we're uh, broswatchpl2.com. And on Twitter, we're at broswatchpl2. Mm-hmm. Got anything for us? No. Just looking forward to next week's episode. Yeah, next week, where somebody waits for me. Mm-hmm. We will be back. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.